It's Locked on Giants Live with Patricia Trena, yours truly, Tana and the dog. We're coming your way next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Giant fans, today's episode of the Lothan Giants podcast is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security. With fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, 24 7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown NFL to learn more. What is up, Giant fans? Welcome to Locked On Giants Live. You got Trina, Tana, and the dog. We are here. And gentlemen, first off, welcome to the program. Gentlemen, um, who, who came in, Pat? Who came in? <laughs> uh, we've, we've got something, some things to talk about tonight, I would say. Uh, quite a bit, wouldn't you say? Yeah, sure. pretty. Uh, I mean, just uh, just a normal, quiet day in Giants. Right, Lane, right? But, nothing you know, to talk about. Nothing, really. nothing special. Just you know, oh, a trade was made. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna break that down for you. I've got some additional uh, insight I can provide to it. We'll get your opinions. We'll answer your questions. I want to send a shout out to all the newcomers who were who are on the uh, the live feed tonight. I want to also um, those of you who might be looking at this after we. We end the live feed. I want to w- welcome you all in. And of course, to our loyal followers who are here, Papa Guzzo and the crew, welcome. So guys, they did it. They traded Kadarius Tony. Uh, let me get your initial reactions on the trade. Yeah, um, I'll start real quick. I, my, my initial reaction on the trade was, um, I guess like for about 20 seconds, not even like five seconds, shocked. Just because you're always shocked when anybody gets traded from your team. I read it. I'm like, Kadarius Tony just got traded. Wow. But then after I had like 20 seconds to think about it, I was like, well, I kind of like halfway expected this. We heard this all throughout the entire offseason that there were rumors that they may look to trade him. We always thought it was a little bit fishy that this guy hasn't been on the football field. He seems to have a new injury every single week. Um, and, and I do think, and this is just my theory, Patricia, but I really do think that the tone that he said early on I think left a really sour taste in Brian Dable's mouth. And when I say that, you look at what Dable has done with this football team. He wants guys that are going to come in there each and every week and are going to they're going to practice hard. They're going to play hard. They're going to work their butts off. We've seen evidence of that. Guys like David Sills getting opportunities to play over guys like Kenny Galladay because he feels like he fits exactly what he's looking to do. He doesn't always look necessarily look to play the most talented guy. He looks for the guy that's working his butt off that fits what he's looking to do. Tony, what did he do at the beginning of training camp when everything first started? I should say voluntary minicamp. And I know it's voluntary for everybody that's the biggest Kadarius Tony supporter in the world. It's voluntary. I understand that. I under- I know what the word voluntary means. But a brand new head coach, a brand new offensive scheme, a quarterback that's looking to get on the same page with his receivers from within that scheme, and Dable's a guy that expresses hard work, yada, 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 for him not to show up, I do think that set the wrong tone. And I really do in my heart believe that that may have something to do with why at that point in time, Shane and Dable turned to each other and said, eh. Do we really need this guy? Do we really need to build with this guy on our football team long-term? So I do think that kind of set the tone for Tony. Um, oh, I was just going to say, I, I agree. When I first saw the tweet, um, I was like, what? Because like Chris said, you you just, you 
when you see a player of that caliber, because obviously he's had talent. I mean, he's a first round pick. He obviously had talent. I just couldn't, we never really saw it outside of the one game, but we, we, you know, he had a lot of potential. I'll just put it that way. Um, but he could never get on the field. And like Chris said, I think this, I don't know what was going on last year. Like even in the beginning, his rookie season, he had the shoe problem, you know, then he had his, his, I guess his grandmother passed away. Then he had COVID. Like it just, I kept saying it's weird. Like there's so many weird things that happen with him that don't allow him to get on the field. It's not like it's a serious injury. Like he tore something or he broke something or whatever. And we heard a lot of rumors in April um, that they're looking to trade him. Now, nothing really came of it. But I think when they drafted Wandale Robinson in the second round, I think they raised some eyebrows. Number one is why are we drafting a guy? And Wandale Robinson, there's all these other places, you know, these other receivers that we could use or, um, you know, different positions or whatever. Why are we drafting a guy that is pretty similar to Kadarius Tony in a skill set? And like Chris said, I think that Dable and Shane were kind of like, you know what? I don't really care for this guy's attitude. I don't really like the way he fits here, like a skill set, but uh, the personality doesn't really mesh with what we're looking to build here uh, with the Giants. So I do think he became expendable, and I don't think that they looked forward to building with him uh, in the future. So again, I think the why, and also I think when Wandale Robinson got healthy and they saw him produce, they said, okay, we can get rid of this guy now. We don't need to hang on to him anymore. We'll take what we can get for him. We'll let him move on. They're just going to cut ties and, and that's going to be the end of it. But um, yeah, it was surprising at first, but at the end of the day, I just, we didn't need him. I mean, we're six and one without the guy. He has as many receiving yards as all three of us combined this year. <laughs> he has as many touchdowns as giants career as all three of us combined. So it was a shock at the beginning, but you know, like Chris said, you kind of get over it and just, you almost expected he wasn't going to be here because Andrew Thomas had eight more points than he did. Yes, yes exactly. Go. The other thing, I, the other thing, real quick is in training camp when Dable came out and said the guys that are working hard are going to be the ones on the field. I think at that point he knew we weren't really considering it. They didn't really like Kadarius Tony. The fact that Richie James and David Sills and Colin Johnson was making this team had he not torn his Achilles. Mm-hmm. And I loved Colin Johnson. I was so rooting for I. him. Um, so I, I think early on they knew they weren't going forward with him and they were just looking for the right time and the right price. I, I got a theory. Game. I got a theory. And I know this is like against like league protocol. So I, you know, I'm curious to get, if you guys agree with me on this, I don't know. Like Tony came out with the tweet today and, and then he later deleted it, that he was never really hurt. That may very well be the case. Like he may have been like a little bit hurt, but the New York, um, Giants, the, the New York Giants might've been like, well, I'll, if, if, I'll shed some light on that. Okay, I'll I just want I, I I can shed some light I'll just, on yeah, that. Yeah, because my, my thought process, Patricia, is the Giants probably said, well, if we let the league know that Kadarius Tony's completely healthy and we're electing to start Richie James over him, that's going to destroy his trade value. So the Giants might have known all along since the beginning of the year, we're trading this guy. We're going to look for the right situation to present itself. And when it does, we're trading him. They may have let Kadarius Tony know that full well, or maybe Tony demanded a trade. Maybe he didn't like New York. I don't know all the specifics. But there may be some legitimacy to that story that he was never really hurt, that the New York Giants were maybe in his injuries a little bit. They weren't forcing him out on the football field because they didn't want to hurt his trade value. Okay. First off, before I, I shed some light, my reaction, just real quick, I was shocked because I figured they're not going to give up on talent. The kid's got talent. And yes, it's been frustrating he hasn't been able to get on the field. But I figured, look, you know, there have been other guys that they have stuck with 
that can't get on the field. Aaron Robinson, Ellerson Smith. And I figured, okay, if they're sticking with those guys, they're going to stick with this kid. If this kid is supposedly doing everything right, everything that the coaches want. So I was a little surprised when it first happened. Then as I, you know, went back and rewound stuff, looked back at my notes, looked back at transcripts, looked back at, you know, different things. I said, ah, okay, now it's all starting to make sense. So with regards to, let me just clarify a couple things. First off, I know a lot of people said to me, oh, this is an, uh, an accumulation of going back to last year. Wrong. Guys, we know last year was a problem for him, but when this coaching staff and this GM came in, this was a clean slate for everybody. Everybody got a clean shape. Just look at O'Shane Zimenez. This is a guy who had Joe Judge return. O'Shane Zimenez wouldn't be on this team probably. All right. So clean slate for everybody. It was up to everyone to take advantage of the clean slate. And some guys did and some guys didn't. And Chris, as you said, you know, Tony, even though it was voluntary and we, you know, again, folks, we understand the, the meaning of voluntary. When you have a new head coach and a new GM, it probably is in your best interest to show up. Now, some people said, well, you know, maybe Tony couldn't show up because he, he had had an off-season knee surgery or this, that, and the other thing. Okay. Remember though, those first three weeks, what were they doing? They were lifting weights. Mm-hmm. All right. So you mean to tell me the guy, you know, unless something was going on, unless he had a sick family member or something was going on in his personal life. And I'm not talking about the rap record or anything like that. He should have been there. It, and it was you the know, it, it makes in a row, it, by the way, it was the second year in a row. He missed voluntary. I believe. Right. right. Well, well, and the year before re- there was, really was count, you can't really count the first year because, yeah. you know, because of the draft. But the yeah. point being is, is unless, and, and, you know, he never said what the reason was, but the, uh, you kind of got the the impression talking to Dable back in, in April. And I went back and I looked at my notes and I looked at the transcripts, like I said, that it wasn't a personal, you know, like somebody was sick or on their deathbed or anything like that, that it was just the guy's choice not to come in. And that was a, you know, that's a bad look because I don't know about you guys, but if I get a new boss in here next week and he, which is the bye week and he says, okay, I want you on a meeting every day. Even though I'm supposed to have a couple of days off next week, guess what? My butt's going to be in the meeting every day. I'm not going to run the risk of, of saying, oh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm better than that. I don't need to be in, in, in the meeting. So that's one thing I want to mention. The second thing regarding the injuries, was that frustrating? Absolutely. Um, was Tony injured? He absolutely was. A couple of weeks ago, he spoke to the media and he talked about that actually. Now, here's where I think there was maybe some disconnect, maybe what, what prompted the, the tweet that he put out and has since deleted. Sometimes, actually a lot of times, guys feel that they're better than what they are. You know, you Saquon Barkley gets hurt, his shoulder, oh, my shoulder, it's nothing. Daniel Jones sprains an ankle, oh, my, you know, it's not a big deal. I can play through it. So sometimes these guys think that they're a little further along than what they are. Whereas the medical staff and the Giants have a very conservative medical staff, they tend to err on the side of caution. So I think the plan, and I could be wrong here, but I think the plan was keep him sidelined, you know, let him continue his rehab. And then after the bye week, see where he was at. Same thing with Galladay and the other guys. So Tony maybe hearing the the chatter about people calling him a China doll or Whatever you want to, you know, whatever term you want to use, I think Tony let that get to him. And that's where the maturity level comes in because, look, you know, you're in New York. Not everybody's cut out to be in New York. 
you got to have thick skin because mm-hmm. people are going to say stuff and it's going to be hurtful sometimes, but you got to have thick skin. And unfortunately, this young man didn't have thick skin and he would go back at people. And know, Chris, you were, you were talking about, you know, a tweet exchange you had. Dog, you were talking bad. about how Tony blocked you. I li- um, he literally blocked me because I said he has an injury history. Yeah, I, which is true. You didn't say anything, you know. I literally false. basically said the sky is blue. I said a, a yeah. true, undisputable statement. Didn't even they didn't call him soft. Right. I just said he's been hurt a lot. I need to see him on the field. He's got talent. Right. Exactly. So so it wasn't it wasn't as derogatory as maybe he thought it was. Well, you know what? The guy's just it, it's unfortunate because you know what they put him next. I told you they put him next to Shep. And Daniel Jones on either side in the locker room with the hopes that those two guys who are two of the hardest working guys in that locker room would maybe get him right. Shep, unfortunately, they lost him early. Jones was there, but, you know, how much was 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 Tony really willing to put in? And it, it's a shame because the kid does have talent. But sometimes when these kids come out of college, they think they have all the answers. And they don't. They have to learn how to be a pro. And that's the mantra around the Giants facility. Every place you walk, you see in big letters, be a pro. And some guys take that message seriously and they do what they need to to be a pro. And some guys just look at it and go, I'm already a pro. I'm here. I'm in the I'm in the building. And I think Kadarius Tony fell into the latter group, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, again, it just we never really got to see him. I don't really know what he was, but even week one, I mean, he only played seven snaps and most of that was in the fourth quarter. So they held him out of week one as well. And yeah, I, like you said, Pat, if I have a new boss and he has a voluntary meeting to get all together, all of his employees to kind of say, Hey, this is the direction we're going. This is what I expect of you guys, whatever, as much as I, and again, I don't get paid like these guys, as much as I wouldn't want to be there and I want to go home and I want to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to that meeting sure, I, yeah. because I want to make a good first impression. I don't want to get on the guy's bad side immediately and then have work be hell every day that I go in there because they're going to look at me and go, well, how come this guy's too good to go to a voluntary meeting? Everybody else showed up. Why is he too good? What makes him mm-hmm. special when everybody's supposed to be equal? And you so, know, so I, I do think that that was uh, a bad look for him. And, and his teammates, I, some of his teammates commented about that. I can't, I can't remember if it was Leonard or Kenny one of them commented and, and and kind of said that you know, right? And not so many words. One of them said that he should have been there. Yeah. So I can't remember which one it was, but but his teammates noticed. And here's the other thing, dog. This team, Brian Dable is trying to to build a, up a team. All right, which means no one man, no one person is above the team. Right. And if you're not willing to put the time in and the effort in then guess what? You're not going to fit into this culture that he's trying to build. And he's going to be like, okay, you know what? You don't want to do it. Go, go else and, and go, go take your talents elsewhere. I'm going to k- get guys in here yeah. that want to do it. I and mean, listen, I, I, I think it sends the right message. You, you absolutely look at this team, like you just said about Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley's going out there. This has now been two weeks in a row where Saquon Barkley has to take a drive off where he's literally hanging his shoulder. Yep. Like you yep. could tell this guy's going out there and he's giving it everything in his power to go out there and try to win football games. Daniel Jones, I mean, we had worries that the guy was going to be out for multiple weeks, uh, you know, with, the, with yep. the ankle sprain. He was able to play in London. Like these guys are playing at far less than 100%. And I don't know this. I'm not in the locker room. I don't watch this. But if that's the case with Tony and he's slacking off and he's not giving it his all, 
that sets the wrong tone. Dable's it like, sure no, does. I'm not putting up with this. I'm trying yeah. to build something. I'm not putting up with it. And I think the players are going to actually appreciate that. Right. Yeah, I, I think say- so too. And that's why they had that conversation. Uh, it was, you know, before practice today, the teammates saw Tony change from his uniform into street clothes. And everybody was like, what the heck's going on? And it, you know, to their credit, Shane and Dable addressed the team and told them what was going on. It was no, okay, what, 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 what are you doing with Kadarius here? So the, they were transparent. And remember, this coaching staff and, and this, this GM, they are transparent with these guys. Yeah, didn't they, uh, didn't they cut somebody before they made them practice? I, I forgot who. Yeah, it was. I forget who it was, but you know, I want to. I want to just circle back because you know, you guys had mentioned something about the rumors um, going back to April that they were looking to move Tony. I don't think those rumors were. I, I mean, there were whispers. I don't want to say that they were totally false, but I had heard from from a pretty good source that they weren't actively looking to move Tony. Like, if if an offer came in that blew their doors off. Then yeah, you got to consider it, but they weren't anticipating it. They were planning on him being a big part of this offense. His skill set was a fit for what they were doing, and you know, at the time, going back to April, May, June, and so forth, it, they weren't actively looking to move him. Now, did something deteriorate? I wrote this for Giants Country today. This is just my guess based on putting the pieces of the puzzle together. I mentioned the guys that had been injured, you know, the Aaron Robinsons, the Ellerson Smiths, and hey, they're still here. Why isn't Tony? So I wondered if perhaps Tony wasn't doing something that he should have been doing, that maybe they were expecting him to do. Was he not studying as much? Was he not spending time in the weight room? Was he not watching film? What wasn't he doing that made him stand out to where maybe it was sending a bad message in the locker room to where these guys, these other guys are saying, Hey, you know, for example, I'm sitting here to eight o'clock at night when I could be home with my wife and my kids and I'm watching film trying to get better. And this clown is out off doing whatever. So right. I wondered about that. And it would not surprise me if that was, was, was a, a tipping point for this, this regime to, you know, go out and, Hey, whatever we can get for him that's reasonable. And by the way, the compensation they got for him, I don't think that's too bad, cons- all things considering. To get two oh. draft picks, one of which is going to be a third round compensatory yeah. pick. That's the pick, one of the picks Listen, that the Chiefs got. One I, of the picks that the Chiefs got for uh, Ryan Poles from, you yeah. know, they got two comp picks for, for the Ryan Poles getting hired by the Bears. You figure that's going to be a top 100 pick, probably, or pretty close to it. So, and then I mean, the six round pick, the Giants didn't have a six round pick. So now they've got it again. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm sure there's a lot of fans who are like way too talented and I get it. He showed spurts. He has potential. He was a first round pick for a reason. What did you think his trade value was going to be? The guy has 400 and like 20 career receiving yards and almost half of them came in one game, a game in which we lost by 20 points mm-hmm. to the Dallas Cowboys. He has zero career touchdowns to get what we got actually is probably m- more which is why I wasn't for trading because I didn't even think we were going to be able to get this. Right. I, I probably thought like a fifth round pick because he's done nothing throughout his career. He's had a, he's had se- se- severe injury problems throughout his entire career, and he may very well do great with Kansas City. I mean, you can't ask to be in a better situation. Yeah. Right. But that, well, I'm yeah. not going to judge this trade based off that. The Giants didn't feel like he was in the best interest to build with on their football team. A lot of receivers go to Kansas City and look good. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, they they got that on potential alone. They they got that draft value. But to, to your mm-hmm. point, Pat, one thing when you talk about these guys, and Chris, you mentioned it too, 
you know, you got Daniel Jones out there, the bum ankle. You got Saquon Barkley out there, the bum shoulder. These guys are like taking a playoff. Just tape it up, man. I'm ready to go. I mean, they they want to run through a wall for Dable. They they want to run through a wall for each other. That's why they're six and one. They, they feed off each other. When you got, got a guy like Kadarius Tony that maybe isn't working, probably isn't working as hard as the other guys, you know, and they're looking at him going, why is this guy getting away with this? Why why isn't he here to lay the clock studying? Why isn't he in the weight room? Why isn't he hanging out with his teammates? Whatever the case may have been that could cause a lot of resentment in the locker room and you don't mm-hmm. want that if you're trying to build chemistry and unity with the team you don't want that one guy that just kind of stands out and everybody's like what's up with this guy what's up with this guy so it could i mean it obviously didn't become a distraction because we won six of our first seven games but that's something that could linger and again maybe he does go to Kansas City because like Chris, could you go to a better situation? You know, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, if he's healthy, if he's healthy. And by the way, part of the trade condition is it's got to pass a physical. Mm -hmm. So we'll see just how healthy he is because if that hamstring, you know, is is really, and he was making progress. I, I firmly believe that had he still been on this team, he would have been back after the bye week. Mm -hmm. So I think the chiefs, if I'm not mistaken, they have a bye this week. Am I correct? Uh, I think they have a bye this week. I think so. And then next, so so Tony's got a couple weeks to kind of get himself ready, if you will. So this is going to be interesting to see. Uh, Tariq S is going crazy over this trade. Yeah, they they they, uh, like you said, they don't play till November sixth. That's yeah. Yeah. Let me just put this up here. Tariq S is going crazy. What was the rush to trade him away? Tariq, the trade deadline is November first. Yeah. Okay, that's 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 what four days away. So yes, Tuesday. they had they had a they had an offer. Um, you know, they got an offer that they felt was fair and they, they took advantage of it. Look, since when is acquiring more draft picks a bad thing? Really yeah, I mean, not. listen, I think we gotta realize that this is no longer Dave Gettleman's team. Exactly. This is, this is Joe Shane's team. And I'm gonna have my opinion at the end of the year as to which players I think they should keep and which players they won't, but no matter what they do. They can let Barkley go. I love Barkley, and I I think they should bring Barkley back, and I expect them to bring Barkley back. But if they don't, I'm not going to flip out. If they don't bring back Daniel Jones, I'm not going to flip out. Those were not their guys. I'm going to give them an opportunity. I may disagree with some of their decisions along the way, but I'm at least going to give them the opportunity to build their roster the way that they see fit. And they identified Kadarius Tony as a guy they don't want to build with for whatever reason. I don't know the reason, but they identified him as a guy they do not want to build with. And they said to themselves, Let's get something while we can. Right. Yeah, and which is what they did. Let me ask you this because I I kind of mentioned this. It, it, the first thing I did after the Tony trade, I was I was on I've been active on Twitter a lot here the last few weeks. I think it's because the Giants are good. So you know I like talking about the Giants. I like talking about them anyway. It's much more fun when you're good though. And it's so, so much it's, nicer to have you on Twitter, Dallas. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's fun. It, it can be it can be toxic too. I mean, you talk about having thick skin. Sure. You're going to be on Twitter any social media. Better, no matter where you're from, you better have thick skin. Um, but at first I was like, you know, Kenny Holiday, get ready to pack your bags because he hasn't fit in here. But then I saw his interview and I, I started thinking to myself, is it possible that this really motivates him? This, this could be the best thing for Kenny Holiday that Tony's gone. Not because Tony was a bad influence on Holiday, but Holiday could be sitting here in the back of his head going, my God, they just traded their first round pick from last year. I've done nothing. I've done just as much as him. And I'm getting paid a fortune and next year they can cut me and and they can save some cap space and I'm not their guy. They didn't bring me in here. So he said, I've never been on a 10 win team before. Obviously he's not been part of a lot of winning football in Detroit. So 
He does, and he wasn't part of a winner here last year either. So obviously, it motivates. He wants to get on the field, and he wants help. He's motivated, absolutely. I Maybe like this really the like I think with with Gallaudet, it could be a lack of concentration. Who knows? I mean, I don't know how seriously injured he is, but we've seen him drop passes. There was a lot of talk about how he didn't run his routes really hard and training camp, but maybe this is the type of thing where he sits there and has that aha moment. Man, I gotta bust, you know, I gotta bust my butt here uh in the second half. I wanna I wanna help the Giants get to a championship or you know, a division or playoffs or whatever. I want to help this team win. So hopefully that is the thing that he needs to get kickstarted so he can be the receiver that we paid $72 million for, the guy that caught 11 touchdowns in Detroit, the guy that had over 1,000 yards receiving. Because Lord knows we could certainly use him, especially in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm hoping that this does kind of light a fire under him. And he says, well, I, gotta, I really got to take a look at myself and go, what am I doing to help this team? Because if they don't, you know, if they don't think I'm helping, they're going to get rid of me too. Exactly. And, and, and Galladay, you know, say what you want about him. I think it does bother him that they're having all the success without him. And it's an opportunity. He sees it. He's like, geez, this is something special we're building. Now, don't get me wrong. Even if Galladay comes back and he, he lights it up, I don't think he's here next year because if he were here next year, they would have gotten cap relief already from him. Right. I think that contract's gone after this year, Yeah, but you're right. I sense a renewed fire, if you will, in Kenny Galladay because, look, how often are you going to be in this situation? Being on a winning team is not guaranteed year after year after year. We know. You've got, you've got, you've got to live for the moment. And, you know, Galladay, yes, he would like to play and he's been frustrated. But you know what? This is a lesson to him, if, if, if you will. You know, do what you have to do. Get yourself healthy and contribute. Mm-hmm. Don't sit there and think, well, I should be playing regardless. Right. Oh, I don't have to yeah. do the study or whatever. You know, I don't know. I mean, that that comment that Galladay made weeks ago, I should be playing regardless, that right. didn't sit well with me because it's like, dude, can you be any more entitled? Come yeah. on. You got to yeah. put the work in. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys, and, and again, this could be true, the trade room or, or the, uh, the trade deadlines Tuesday. We didn't have a lot of receivers anyway, and now we just lost Kadarius Tony. Well, traded Kadarius Tony. Did they get the draft capital to try to get somebody else in here, like a Jerry Judy, like a Chase Claypool, a guy that's on the rookie contract that's not going to cost a lot against the cap, and now they have extra picks to do so? Let me weigh in on this because I have a thought on this. I wouldn't rule it out, but here's what I'm thinking, all right? I think if Shane does anything, he's going to wait till after the Seattle game. And I'll tell you why. Because, all right, the Eagles, we know they're undefeated. What are they? They're, they're like 6 and 0 right now, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. If the Giants beat the Seahawks, they'll advance to 7 and 1. And, it, and now all of a sudden, it's like, okay, they're keeping pace with the Eagles. So now the bar gets, and, you're looking at nine and one with the next two games, right? So, so you're you're basically you're raising the bar as, as to the number of wins you need to to win this division. So if the Giants win against Seattle, and this is a big game, let's not let's Huge. not you yeah. know let's not put this downplay this. If they win against Seattle, that's going to be huge. And and if you're Shane, you got to say to yourself, okay. Do we need? Do we add another receiver because we got a tough second half of the schedule? We got to win this division. We're going to face five. You know, we're going to play five NFC East games. You know, over the last you know whatever Some half month, of the yeah. season. If they lose, then I suspect 
and I could be wrong here, that 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 Shane will stand pat and just use the draft capital to get what he needs. But if they win, I could see them making a few calls around the league. You know, Chase Claypool, what is what's it going to cost to get him? What's Judy would be the guy to keep an eye on because Judy played for for um Alabama, Gable Alabama at yeah. Alabama, so he knows him. And, you know, you see how these guys that, that Dable and, and Shane are familiar with are coming in. That's the guy I would keep an eye on if Denver doesn't go and ask for the for the sun, moon, and the stars, which they shouldn't because Judy has had kind of like an underwhelming career so far. Not totally his fault. He's had injuries, a revolving door of coaches, quarterbacks, offensive coordinators, kind of like what Daniel Jones has had. So maybe yeah. – the Giants can say, hey, you know, he hasn't really produced much, but if they get him into a stable environment, maybe Judy can finally, you know, recognize the the uh, potential that everybody thinks he has. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. I, I think the Giants, if they win, it, uh, it significantly ups the potential. I think they still could if, even if they lose this game, but obviously it up, up, ups it a lot more if they win because then you're looking at 9-1 and one more than likely. You're literally playing the two worst teams in the league off a of bye. At home, the Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions. So you have to figure if you're the GM, we're going to be nine and one before we get to the divisional opponents. But I think it has to make sense too. I don't think Shane's just going to blindly force a trade. I think it has to be a guy that they could bring in for a reasonable price in terms of not giving up significant draft capital. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has to be a guy that fits not just their scheme, but also the long-term vision of the football team. It has to be like, I don't see Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is like 30 years old. I don't see... Um, the uh, Hopkins people have brought up. I don't see that. He's like thirty years old. It's got to be like 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 a Judy. It's got to be. It's got a young be a, guy who's on his rookie contract. A and, young and guy the, the cap, on his rookie contract. And the that, cap numbers. I worked it. Sorry, Chris. I yeah. don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. The cap numbers. I worked them out. I have an article in Giants Country. What's next for the Giants after trading Tony or something like that? I worked it out. Basically, you're not talking a big swing in the cap. I know the Giants cap situation is very delicate right now i think they have like 2.8 million in cap space you know before this trade takes place or or is counted against the books so you're not talking a big swing that's why you want to go for somebody who's maybe in their rookie contract you know you don't have to worry about paying the um you know the the signing bonus you just have to worry about the the base and right now the rookie bases they're low so it makes all the sense in the world to try and go for a guy like a judy or a Claypool if the price is right and if the Giants win. Yeah, and if you get a guy that you really feel fits, all of a sudden you're looking at next year, you're saying he's and, – and the other the other valuable thing, if you could bring him in here for like a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick, I don't know what the market would be. But if you get him in here for a reasonable price, the other thing you could say to yourself, next year, all of a sudden – say we get Jerry Judy, for example. All of a sudden, Jerry Judy now, he goes into next year with some chemistry with Daniel Jones. He's mm-hmm. now familiar with this offense. You mm-hmm. don't have to spend the first five, six weeks of them getting on the same rapport yep. of him having to learn this offensive scheme. If you could bring in a young wide receiver like Judy, you could say, listen, this guy's going to now get to play with Daniel Jones for nine, ten weeks in pressure-filled games. They're going to get some chemistry together. And then next year, year two when Daniel Jones for the offense and really year two for we'll, – we'll just throw Judy in in this example – those guys are going to hit the ground running. They're, they're yep. already going to have the chemistry. Judy's going to be very familiar with what this team's looking to do from an offensive standpoint. So if you could get him in here for the right price, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Absolutely. also you got to think not only the games, practices. You have a full training camp with those two guys and everything else. So he'd really be able to get acclimated. And by the time week one came around, definitely hit the ground running. I mean, listen, that guy was a first-round pick. 
for a reason. I think it was a second receiver taken. I think it was taken right behind Henry Ruggs, if I'm not mistaken, that year. And that was the year C- – was that the year C.D. Lamb came out? I think there was a lot of good receivers that particular year. I think that was the year with Ruggs and, and C.D. Lamb. And, and Judy obviously was a monster at Alabama. So, again, there's talent. And even as Giants fans, and I, I listen, I completely admit here with the Daniel Jones thing, because Lord knows I've been getting killed about how I was critical of Daniel Jones. Even though when he first came out, I was, <laughs> I thought I could do it. Then I, you know, I've been all over the place with him. <laughs> but it shows that sometimes a guy doesn't show up until he's in the right situation. Yeah, I never thought Daniel Jones could do what he's doing. I just didn't think he had it in him. But obviously, whatever Coach Dable and Kafka and, and company are, are teaching him, and he's picking it up and he's learning it, it's worked. So mm-hmm. if you do get Jerry Judy in here, just again, just using him as an example, and he can be with the Giants and it's a stability and it's a good culture and it's a good locker room and he can, you know, showcase his talent that made him a first round pick out of Alabama. The Giants could really have something there. I mean, he was a number one receiver at Alabama. I, I think, I, think receiver I, I, I want to get your guys. I think a perfect, and I'm not saying he'd become this, but a guy that was in a very similar circumstance to where he is now was Amari Cooper. Yeah, Amari Cooper yeah. before he got traded to the Cowboys, people were on the outs with him. They were like, "This guy was that that was a bad pick," and that's what I mean. I know the I think the Cowboys gave up a first round pick, which at the yeah. time I I thought they overpaid. I did too. Uh, and um, so maybe you know it's a situation like that because people think about Cooper when he was with the Cowboys before he got to the Cowboys. The two years before he got there, he wasn't doing very well. Right, right. And the other benefit of of getting Judy is. The Giants are going to need multiple receivers. I think we could all mm-hmm. agree on that. So if you get a guy in here and you get him acclimated, now that's one less need you have to address in the draft. You still got to get a receiver, but now you don't have to get two. You can maybe say, okay, we don't need a first-round receiver or a receiver in the first round because Judy's our guy. And I'm just right. using him as an example. So now maybe we spend that first-round pick on, oh, I don't know. Cornerback. Whatever, Line whatever backer. position. Linebacker. Let's let's go linebacker for the first time. Yeah, why not? Let's let's go linebacker. (laughs) It sounds good to me. So so there's a lot of advantages to doing it if it can happen. Now, Shane is 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 racking up draft picks. Now now here's the other thing to keep in mind. He just picked up two more draft picks. So he had I think seven. I want to did he have no six? I think he had before this. So now he's got eight. He's going to get two additional picks Mm -hmm. in the comp round. He's racking them up, folks. Now I get it; they're not, you know, first, second, third rounders, but they're they're bargain chips that he can use to hop around. And we saw how he hopped around last year in the third round, you know, the late day two of the draft. So Shane's kind of, you know, there's a method to his madness here, I think, and and that's to rack up the draft picks. And just see what you can do to, to get them. And I would fully expect him, you know, I know we're getting way, way ahead of ourselves here, but I could see him wheeling and dealing in the draft next year like he did, you know, the oh, this yeah. past year. No 100%. question. And listen, a good GM makes their money in, in those later rounds. I mean, you shouldn't miss on your, your top 10 picks. You should nail those guys. Absolutely. Um, same thing on the second round. You really you, you can miss, but you you pretty much know what you have. It's The GMs really make their money when you find those guys – third through sixth round. They don't make any money. You know, they're not the top prospects. Sometimes they fly under people. Like Daniel Bellinger is a perfect example. I mean, how it's, it's a shame what happened to him and just a fluke. Yeah. And I still don't know how they didn't call a flag on a guy has his eyeball ripped out of his socket, but uh, you know, that is what it is. But how good was the officiating he? You know, a, was... Pick, a rookie tight end, a fourth round pick. And he came in here and he was so good. 
Mm -hmm. um, and what he did. And that's great value. So that's what you're putting in trust. When you get more draft picks, even if they are a compensatory third round pick or a sixth round pick, you get the right GM and he can hit on one of those picks. It just, you know, the more picks you have later in the draft, the more likely you are to find that diamond in the rough, you know, that exactly. Shaw type of guy or Victor Cruz is an undrafted free agent or even not. You're going to find a Tom Brady in the sixth <laughs> round. So, you know, Russell Wilson went in the third round. Dak Prescott went in the fourth round. So the more picks you have later in the draft, the, the better opportunity you have to find that guy. Absolutely. All right. Listen, folks, we got to take a quick break. I got to, I have to run a couple commercials. Um, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We'll still have more about the, the Tony trade and we got some other stuff we need to talk about too. We got a game coming up this Pretty week, which game. is a big game. So yeah. stick around. We'll be right back after this. Hey, giant fans, home burglaries and intruder breaches are unfortunately on the rise. Don't let the bad guys win. Build up your best defense with a customized system from Simply Safe. Used and trusted by thousands of people, Simply Safe is cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professionals, professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and will even dispatch the appropriate first responders to your residence, even if you're not home. So don't risk your family's safety. Put Simply Safe's 24-7 professional monitoring and advanced response technology to work for you today. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockonNFL to customize your system at a special listener discount of 20% off. Plus, get your first month of interactive monitoring for free. That's simplysafe.com slash lockonNFL for your customized 20% discounted security system and First month of interactive monitoring freight. Hey, Giant fans, thank you for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen of the day. For your second listen, please go and check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app. YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Welcome back to Locked on Giants Live. You got Trina, Tana, and the dog. We are talking New York Giants. You like when I say that, don't the you? Dog. The dog. <laughs> hey, listen, I got to develop a catchphrase here, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I got you. I, I can't do stand up. Like Chris yeah. does, so I I got I got to come up with my own. Well, practice. I could we could practice after the stream if you want. <laughs> right. No, my husband's gonna yell at me. He's he makes fun of me actually when I try to do it. He's like, <laughs> come up with your own catchphrase. So I said, how does Trinitana and the dog sound? He goes, now you talking? So <laughs> the dog, the dog. <laughs> oh man. So uh, anyway, yeah. Welcome back and welcome to everybody who's checking us out for the first time. We appreciate you. Get your questions into the box. I know some of you have been posting questions and we've been kind of, you know, covering the, the whole Kadarius Tony story. So if we missed it, please come back and ask us your questions and, um, and we'll, we'll sprinkle them in as we go along on the show. Guys, um, you know, the Giants, they do have a, a big, you know, game this week. Let's talk a little bit about that, you know, um, the expectations, the, the concerns we have. I mean, Kenneth Walker is a big concern for me, but here's another concern that I'm a little worried about is the offensive line in that 12th man environment. Mm -hmm. That stadium yeah. 
is loud, folks. I've been in that stadium before. It is loud. You got two new offensive linemen that are going to play for Bredesen at left guard. You'll have the rookie Joshua Zudu. Right tackle, it'll probably be Tyree Phillips. I'm a little concerned about some false starts. I mean, am I crazy for thinking that? No. Yeah, that's that's a good point you bring up about the false starts because that's that's something that's been working for us while we're at home. Our crowd's been a lot louder this year, and yeah, they're going to have to be disciplined. I didn't even think about that, but that's a really good point. Loud stadium. They built the stadium specifically to make more noise on the field um, in terms of the way that they constructed it. I remember hearing about that. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be a harsh environment. Seattle's playing very well. They're coming off a very good win against the Chargers in which they won by 14 points. Um, but I don't – maybe – I don't know. I just feel weird this week because I feel like – and this year I've been very conservative in terms of my feelings about the Giants week to week, and I haven't tried to go crazy in terms of picking them and – I think we're going to win this week. I, I actually – I hope so. And I worry against their run. There's no doubt about it. Our run defense has been really bad, really bad. The best way to, to hide that is going to be to do what we've been doing on offense, long drives, keep that offense off the field. And against Seattle, I think we're going to be able to do it. Seattle's defense is not good. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we're going to be able to do it. So and I, to, I, just I, just real quick before, yeah. before Dog gets jumps in here, uh, Walker is averaging nearly four yards after contact. The tough. tackling on defense has been, eh, you know, not it hasn't been very good. I mean, Tate Crowder, I think, according it's to Pro Football Focus, yeah, it, yeah, yeah uh, he he's tough to bring down. So I'm a little. Those are the two areas I think I'm most concerned with. You know, everybody's like, well, what about Geno Smith? Geno, you know, I admire him for what he's doing. Don't get me wrong, but uh, if you if you were to ask me, what are the two areas of of the scheme that I'm most concerned about? I don't think it's going to be an easy game by any stretch no. of the imagination. We don't play um, easy games, no matter who the opponent is. Walker is out. Somebody just said Walker's out. No, is that Walker's true? Not out. Metcalf is out. Metcalf, Metcalf is out. out. I was going to say, or I don't at least remember he's seeing Walker being out. I don't know if that's official, but it yeah. sounds like he's going to be out. Yeah, I mean, or he's on the injury report. I'll, I'll take a look. But that'd uh, be a big loss for them. Hold obviously. on, I'll take a look. I've got the injury report that just was here, but I'm pretty sure Walker's not out. No, Walker's not out. I, I can tell you. I don't right even think he's out. on. The, is he even on the? Uh, no, they, no. He's, he's not even on the injury report. Yeah, you thinking of? Are you thinking of? Oh gosh, Penny. The, the Rashad Penny, I think that might be who he was thinking of. But Walker's not even on the Metcalf didn't participate. The the Hawks had uh Metcalf didn't participate. Um, yeah, not Walker's in. So I, I didn't see who catch who saw, said that. But but anyway, my point being is is the tackling hasn't been that great by the Giants. It's it's been sloppy at times. You bet they better wrap this guy up. I mean, I'm I'm worried about that. Worried about the offensive line. And by the way, how are they going to replace Daniel Bellinger in this offense? Any ideas? Tanner Hudson. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what else. Uh, Dog, what are you doing on Sunday? Can you go out there with them? I'm a little small to be playing the tight end. I, I, and I'm old. I'm actually way too old to be What if you and Chris kind like... of merge into one person? Can you, can, do you think the two of you can take it? <laughs> if we'd last maybe a play, and that would be the end of it. Then we everybody brought back be Andre Miller. Everybody be on Twitter going, man, those guys are soft. They can't stand the field. <laughs> um, but, yeah, to me, there's a couple things about Sierra. Number one. You can't really have a longer flight than going from Florida to Seattle. Thank God the Giants won that game because that would have been such an even longer flight, and I would have felt so bad for Saquon Barkley, who went out of bounds three times. Twice he could have avoided it and gave them extra timeouts. It's Barkley going out of bounds, the officials. There was a lot of things that were given Jacksonville every opportunity. They came about 12 inches short. 
uh, of beating us. So I'm glad that the flight was a lot easier to take when you win. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. There was that. And then you guys were talking about the, uh, the line. So, wow. They're the running game with Kenneth Walker. Um, there's a Heisman candidate for a while there at Michigan state. They had a big game against Michigan last year. I remember that. Do you think it's possible that this week Wink Martindale decides we're going to bring an extra guy up? Maybe Landon Collins. Maybe he, they use him more as a box safety, as a linebacker type of guy. Because without DK Metcalf, you don't play. Wouldn't you rather take your chances with Geno Smith throwing to the other receivers as, a, as opposed yeah. to allowing Kenneth Walker to beat you? Kind of like sometimes we hadn't really seen a stack box against Saquon Barkley until this week against Jacksonville in the first half. It seemed like they were stacking the box more. So is it possible that Landon Collins is a bigger part of the game plan this week, bringing him up as that box safety, bringing him up as that seventh or eighth man and saying, all right, you know what? If you're going to beat us, Geno, you beat us. We're not going to let Kenneth Walker run wild on us. We're going to let take our chances with Geno Smith. And if he beats us, you just tip your cap and say, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Or, you know, I, I don't know, would Wink even say, you know what, we'll just give up the yardage and we'll try and shut them down elsewhere. Cause I think that's what they did. That was part of what they did against the, the Ravens. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. they focused on not letting Lamar Jackson. Right, Drake beat told us. Yeah. So I, mean, I think that's, that's exactly be- what they're going to do, by the way. I, I, what, I think what Doc that, said? that has to, I, I don't know what, maybe it's not Collins, but yes, they're going to stack the box. They, yeah. they have to, I mean, they're missing, they they're missing to. Metcalf. And I recognize that Geno Smith's been good this year, but with how bad our run defense has been this year and how good their run offenses look, and the fact that the Giants are a team that traditionally really wants to control the clock, you can't let Seattle just have eight, nine-minute drives down the field every time. So I think they're going to do everything in their power to force Geno Smith to throw the football, which means we're probably going to have a very similar defensive game plan to what Jacksonville had against us last week. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, let's get some of these questions in here. IO, independent outsider, could tr- Tony trade motivate Galladay to change his habits? Yeah, we, we actually were talking about that um, before the commercial break. We were talking about how Galladay sounds more motivated, sounds like he has a fire lit underneath him. You know, th- it, it's not very often that, you know, y- you can't assume that your team's going to be six and one or start out six and one every year. So when that opportunity comes, you've, you've got to seize it. You don't know when your next winning season is going to be. So, yeah, I definitely think. That Galladay, um, you know, is going to come back and hopefully be a little bit more motivated and a little bit more productive um, than he's been. You know, we'll see. I, I think, you know, Galladay, we're not going to see him until probably week 10, week 11. Um, he's getting close from what I hear, but, you know, what does close mean exactly? I just know he's not playing this week. So, right. And then we have the bye. And then we have a couple games where we probably could win without him if he gets healthy for the dallas game i think that's that'd be big for us yes you want and that's the other thing you want to have all hands on deck for that dallas game and Mm -hmm. you know it's interesting i just you know this is kind of going off a little off topic here but one of the things i've been fascinated with was how the giants have been handling the guys who are on pup and ir and their return you know because you look at them and, and you say okay the giants got some injuries on, at receiver. So why haven't they put anybody down on IR? Well, because it costs money to bring somebody in from the outside. So they've been kind of strategically planning when guys are healthy enough, when to bring them off of pup or IR, you know, Matt Parrott was finally, the windows open on him, Nick Gates. Thank God he's back. I'm so yeah, happy yeah. for him that he's back. Um, so now, you know, you have two offensive linemen down, Gates can step in and be a guard if you need him to once he, you know, once he builds up that stamina, the football stamina. 
so I just like the way the Giants have kind of been doing this. You know, the, the cap is still a problem, and that's why they haven't gone crazy with bringing in guys. Basically, been sticking with guys they practice squad. Well, but whatever they've been doing, uh, it's it's obviously been working. You know, there's no question. But Galladay would be a huge addition. I mean, he's mm -hmm. that big target. When we got him, I was extremely happy because I'm like, oh, there's Daniel Jones's Plexico Burris. You know, that's what a lot of I know that's what a lot of Giants fans. So you got your big body receiver, a guy that goes up and catches the contested 50-50 balls, a guy that's a good red zone target. And unfortunately, it just you know it hasn't worked for Galladay. But like I said, sometimes you have that aha moment where it's like, wow, mm -hmm. I better I better get my stuff together. And and mm -hmm. I think trading Kadarius Tony could be like, wow, I got to look at myself in the mirror because if they're willing to get rid of that guy, then there's no question that they could move on from me. Oh, they're going to. I think everybody. Yeah, I think Galladay knows yeah. it too. At your All right, nice giant fan asks, what is the difference between a regular pick and a compensatory pick? A comp pick basically. Um, all right, there's, there's actually two types of comp picks. In this case, with Tony, the comp pick that the, the Chiefs gave, they received from the league because they developed um, Ryan Poles, who was considered a minority candidate, and he was hired by, um, by the Chicago Bears to be a GM. So I think teams that develop minority candidates who go on to become GMs or high-ranking officials, head coaches and whatnot, then the team that developed them um, gets a comp pick. That's how that, that, you know, they're trying to incre increase diversity, I guess. Uh, so that's, that's one comp pick. Other comp picks are when you sign more guys, I'm sorry, when you lose more guys than when you sign. So the Giants are going to, I think they're projected to get a seventh and I want to say a, a sixth. I'm not fifth. sure if it's fifth. A, a, a fifth. Okay. It was a fifth. Yeah. So it, 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 there's a formula involved and over the cap, Nick Corte uh, does a great job of breaking it down. He understands the formula way better than I ever will. And uh, he, pro he projects the comp picks every year and he's been spot on with, with uh, projecting the comp picks. So the regular pick is just basically, you know, wherever you end up picking in the, in, in the draft order, that's your pick. So that's a regular pick versus a comp pick. I hope, you know, hope that clarifies that for you. So yeah, and, and usually, and I, you may have said it or not, but just in case you didn't, also what a comp pick is, it's at the back end of the round that you get. Right. It. So, yes. Right. And they're tradable this time. You know, under the new CBA, they, they are tradable. Last CBA, they were not tradable. Yeah. So, so, for example, we got the third round comp pick, and I don't know how it works with the GMs. That's I would guess it's probably behind the free agent comp picks of the third round. So it's it's probably going to be like in the 100 to 105 range. That's probably what the pick's going to be. It's it's not going to it's going to be obviously after 96 cuz it's 32 times 3 is 96 and then you get to your comp pick. So it's it's in between rounds 3 and 4. So it's probably like pick 103, 104, something like that. Right, right. All right, Keck Penn asked, did you guys see Kadarius Tony cuss out the fan in DMs on Twitter and said he didn't fake his injuries? I mean, I showed you what he said to me, so I could only yeah. imagine what he said to a lot of Yeah, people. yeah I, like I said, I had a guy DM me on Instagram and show me his, you know, back and forth with Kadarius Tony. I don't know if that's the same guy, but yeah, I pretty much did. The guy told him, go make, you know, he pretty much said, stop crying and just play in Kansas City. Then Kadarius Tony said something, and then the dude said, stop, go, he said, go make another rap song and, and fake more injuries. He's like, I never faked injuries, but the, you know, a lot is, of swearing involved in that. Right. And this is what I mean about maturity. Let it go. You know, I, I, there are, look, Twitter for the most part, 
at least I'm speaking for myself. Most of my followers on Twitter, Twitter are great. And I love interacting with them. But every so often, you get trolls. Mm-hmm. You ignore them. You yeah. put, that's what the mute button's for. That's what the block button is for. Right. You make use of it. Trust me, your Twitter feed will be a lot nicer. Yeah. And that is something Kadarius Tony, for whatever reason, he feels the need to defend himself and clap back at trolls. And all that does is give them more ammunition to come at him. That's something he's going to learn as he gets older and as he matures. But right now, you got to remember, how old is this guy? 21, 22 years old? He's still kind of young. So, you know. He blocked me. I didn't even (laughs) say anything to him. I didn't even mess with that guy. I ain't even going back and forth with him. I'm just getting rid of him. Well, I think think he clearly watched our show. How else else would he have blocked you? It's it's always been strange to me because I'm like, like I said, I didn't even follow him. On Twitter, and, and, you know, and and then you know it's it's weird. Like years ago, Odell blocked me, but I was kind of along with Odell. Odell actually, we used to talk all the time. It was somebody from Odell's team that did. So who knows? Maybe it was somebody from Kadarius's team that yeah, did maybe. it. Like I said, yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. It's not like I was being but, complimentary. You, of but doesn't right, story, but, but, but it's weird you know that he found the tweet or found me as. What it was. I wouldn't sweat it. I, mean, I don't guy, sweat it. I was like, yeah, he, the, the guy's gone. As long as I'm not blocking you, that's all that matters. Yeah, right? we're good. I'm, worried. I'm, not, worried. Right. I'm not worried about some Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. Block. There you go. There you go. My man, Big Dash. Big Dash knows. Do they rotate the running backs to preserve Barkley's shoulder? You know what, Dash? They have been integrating um, Matt Breida a little bit more to help with, with you know, giving Barkley a, a blow. So, yeah, I could see that being the case. Absolutely. The bye week is going to be a godsend for guys like Saquon Barkley because mm-hmm. all these guys who have little bumps and bruises are going to get a chance to heal up. Yep. And uh, what a what a time to heal up because, like I said, in the second half of the season, you've got five division games that you got to come out on top of, and they ain't going to be easy, folks. No, no. Nope. Five out of our last seven games are against divisional opponents and two against Philadelphia. So two against Washington, though, who actually is looking better, I will say. Yeah. But yeah. Washington's not no, like I said, nobody's easy for us. You never take a division game for granted. So right. We got we got our work cut out. That's what happened to Washington last year. They had all those divisional games at the end of the year. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think the Giants did too, didn't they? Didn't they play a lot of their division games towards the end of the year? I know we played some at the beginning. I'll be honest with you, Pat. I tried to block last year out of my mind, so (laughs) I I don't don't really remember. I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. I try to block it out too, but unfortunately I have to go back and refer to it every so often. But anyway, the big move wants to know, when do you think Gates will play? Dable said he's ready to go. He's ready to go and that he was activated, but I'm thinking – I don't know if he's going to be active this week. I, he might be active this week, but I think, you know, it's funny. I was talking with somebody. Um, this is a carbon copy of Rich Seibert all over again, right down to the last detail. Yeah. Okay, I Gates, think you mentioned that last week on this Yeah, one. Gates and, and, and Seibert, both undrafted free agents. They both had to make the team. They both worked in their way into the starting lineup. They both suffered horrific leg injuries, fought their way back. So according to the script that Seibert laid out, the next step for Gates is he's going to be that jumbo tight end. Um, and that's how they're going to work him in. Now, next year, I think that's when he's going to compete for his starting job if he is re-signed. Remember, this is the last year of his contract. Yeah. So if he is re-signed, I think Gates, you know, they're going to have an opening at center. I, 
Left guard, I don't know what they're going to do uh, there. Are they going to have Lemieux or are they going to have Izudu? You know, well, I don't know. Bredesen might be, is, is, is he in his last year too? Or is he got He might be, year? but he's played decent. Maybe they bring him back on a cheap deal. It's or, well, and, and if not, they've got, like I said, they've got Izudu on a rookie deal. Yep. And they could probably get Gates on a, on a cheap deal too. I mean, one thing, and I've been saying this because I don't know if the Giants are going to have enough money to get them through, get themselves through the last, you know, 11 weeks or so of the season. Maybe look to extend Gates now. And I know it's a risk. I know what you guys are thinking. Why do it when the guy's been injured? I think they could get that cap number lower and get some money because you don't want to touch the Kenny Galladay contract if he can help it. And, mm-hmm. and quite honestly, folks, I don't know where else they're going to get the money from. I've looked up and down, and I'm telling you, a short of I'll, change, I'll, tell you, I'll give you some theories of where they could get money from. I don't want to get your opinion. Are on you it. are you going to donate, Chris? I wish. <laughs> But no, uh, I was gonna say maybe show him what, yeah, but yeah, maybe I'll get him a lunch or two. As far as Gates goes, I think Gates is is coming back. I, I, you're talking about about Dable, you're talking about Shane, you're talking, he, he like fits the mold of what they want on this football team, and it'll be a cheap deal because he's coming off an injury, but I think they're gonna bring him back, and he's very valuable coming off the bench. He'll do it, he would do it. Oh, he definitely do it. He he would show up and play for free. That, that, yeah, that's how much this guy loves the game. And he can play all three positions. So I think yep. he's very valuable yep. as a guy coming off the bench because there's going to be injuries. Um, in terms of what I could see them doing with the cap next year, of course, like you said, Galladay, outside of that, there's not much they could do in terms of cutting people, but I think they could extend players. I think yes, they could extend and, they, and I think they will. Leonard Williams, for example, who's going $32 million against the cap next year. They could go to Leo and say, listen, we're going to give you three more years of stability. We like you. We think you fit mm-hmm. this defense very well. We'll pay you $20 million a year, $22 million a year, but we'll spread it out over those right. three years. And instead, so that's a way they could save some cap next Absolutely. year. Um, and, the, and the market's only going to go up in terms of the salary cap. So it could make sense sure. if, the, if, if the deal makes sense. So that's that's a guy they could extend and try to alleviate some cap pressure this year. There's things they could do to create some Absolutely. cap if need be. But, but this year is the trick. Well, this year, I mean, come on. I mean, we they already had to play one game where I think they only had 51 on the roster. Well, this year you you, you got yeah. nothing. We're, yeah, we're dead. I I don't know where they're going to get. Thank it. you, Dave Gettleman. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I I'm still like Rory Jackson. Is that is that possible? Didn't didn't they didn't could they, extend him possibly? They, they could, but didn't didn't they didn't they give him a, a restructure? They backloaded his contract a bit to give him some more. I mean, yeah. he could be someone. But what? Uh, why am I thinking that he's only got one more year left in the deal after this year? So they could, if they identify him as a long term piece, they could give him an extension. And he likes it here, as far as I know. I mean, that's what he tells me at any rate. So I mean, why not? But yeah, they're going to have to. I don't know where Shane's going to get get the money. For some reason, I'm thinking they already did something with Jackson's contract, but I'd have to go back and look. No, you're right. They 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 committed further salary to him next year. Okay, all right. So, yeah. we'll see. We'll see where they where where they get it from because I don't know where it's coming from. Unless, like I said, we take up a collection here and maybe get some money in towards it. I don't know. But all right, amazing guy wants to know how long will Bellinger be out indefinitely. We don't have a time frame on him. Um, I think I want to say his surgery was it scheduled for this week or early next week? I can't remember now. Um, but I know it's coming up if it hasn't already taken place. And, you know, obviously the swelling's going to have to go down. They're going to have to test the vision. So they don't really have a timetable on that. I don't think we'll see Bellinger. If if I had to take a guess, and I could, I could see them maybe even, you know, putting him on IR and bringing up, you know, one of the tight ends that they, they have on the practice squad as a possibility. I mean, they're going to have to bring – 
bring somebody up. I don't think they go into this game with just two tight ends, um, you know, on Sunday. I, and, and I think Miller's going to play from what I heard. Yeah, I I, I, possibly, possibly. Yeah. If, he, if he's healthy, why not? I mean, he was doing, he was looking pretty good in camp before he broke he his wrist. He really so. good in camp. Yeah, so that that's a possibility, and a, and they're going to have to open a roster spot. I don't, or do they have one open? See, I know they like to leave roster spots open. Um, I lost track. I, I can't. I, I think they. Well, yeah. Now that they traded Tony, they definitely have a roster spot open. So I'm sure they'll fill it up. They, they they've been opening spots, leaving them open during the week, and then they fill them towards the end of the week. So we'll see what they end up doing tomorrow. But um, all right, uh, Brandon Swan has a question. We have Leonard Williams back and Dexter Lawrence has been playing great. Why is our run defense struggling so much? Does it all boil down to inside linebackers? Brandon, great question. I actually covered this with David Turner on, I think it was this past Monday's show, or it might have been two Mondays ago. The run fits haven't been there. Guys aren't filling gaps the way they need to. There's been tackling issues, like I've alluded to. I think Tate Crowder leads the team with 11 missed tackles. So it's a variety of things. It's not one real reason and part of that is is you've had guys in and out of the lineup because of injuries so that could be part of it too you know I, I said I asked David I said I said David how does Leonard Williams look like look to you and he said you know he's coming back off of an injury so he can't you know maybe he, he couldn't really anchor that leg as as he could have you know prior to the injury so it's a variety of things I think and yeah the uh, other thing the other thing I'll say and this is just me thinking about it but I feel like we've been running a lot more multiple DB sets. So that kind of lends itself maybe to worse run defense because you need more speed out there to cover guys in terms of tight ends and running backs coming out of the backfield as pass catchers, but you don't have the traditional linebacker out there, right? Because we've been running, we've had some sets where we have, we don't even have linebackers where we have four or five safety. So a lot of times we've gone with a smaller lineup, which may have something to do with it as well. But obviously we don't have a lot of talent at the linebacker spot. Right. And like you mentioned last week, it was obviously a plan to stop Lamar Jackson. I mean, that was the thing. You let Kenyon Drake have his yards and you, you try to stop Lamar Jackson, which what they did in the second half. And again, that's, you know, we, we talked about it earlier with the Seattle game about how they might bring up an extra guy like Atlanta Collins, maybe not Atlanta, but that type of thing where they bring an extra guy up into the box. But then again, they might not. Maybe they make that adjustment. Maybe they see how it plays if they just play a straight-up defense in the first half and if Kenneth Walker's kill him, then they bring that extra guy up or vice versa. Um, you know, who knows? But the one thing we've seen the entire year from this team is the ability to make adjustments in the second half because last year it was like we went the complete opposite. Even when Pat Sherman was here, it seemed like every time we had something going good, like they either didn't make an adjustment or they adjusted the wrong way, and the second half was a complete wash. This year it seems like we've been behind every game, and then we get into the second half, and all of a sudden everything changes and they figure it out. So you know, I think Chris mentioned last time, it's kind of like a price for you. you just kind of lull them to sleep a little bit, make them think they got something. And then before you know it, you, you know, it's completely different. What was working before doesn't work now. So it'll be interesting to see how they go about this. But I, you really do have to make a concerted effort to stop Kenneth Walker, especially if DK Metcalf's not there. Yeah. So, and, and again, Geno Smith is, is a nice story this year, but there's a reason that his career ended up being the way it was. Uh, make him beat you. Like I said, if he does, he does. It's kind of like when you play the the Titans. You, you stop Derrick Henry. If Ryan Tannehill beats you, he beats you. And, and I think people look at the Giants and go, you know what? We're stopping Saquon Barkley. If Daniel Jones beats us, he beats us. But Daniel Jones has been beating people. Yeah. So, um, yep. Hey, if Gino beats us, you tip your cap. Yeah. Right, right. Good, good for Gino. 
Yep, I mean, exactly what it is. Yeah, obviously you want the Giants to win, but you know, if, if he beats you fair and square, yeah. you know, yeah. it is what it you is. You got to take away their best player. And that exactly. Probably Kenneth exactly. Walker at this point. Exactly. All right. Give two asks, do you think Bellinger's injury, they could go after the tight end in Miami? I don't see it happening. Not, not for the money that's involved. I don't think it can work cap wise. Who, Gazeki? So, no. Yeah. Gazeki, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think he signed a pretty healthy contract. It's so. it's a healthy contract. They can't fit it into the cap. Yeah. So that's like so. A- so no, I don't see that happening. Uh, that's what makes what Shane and Brandon Brown and company have. It's been amazing because they've got they've had zero flexibility with the cap. Zero. I know. I don't know and, how and they- they're able to find these guys and get them to Purdue. It's unbelievable. I keep thinking to myself, God, you. What can Shane do with a couple of his own drafts and actual money? Yes, to get guys that he wants in here. And I love and, and I wrote an article about how Buffalo structured some of their bigger contracts. I'll probably revisit it, but oh, I can't wait to see how some of these bigger contracts are structured. They're going to be night and day, ladies well, that's and gentlemen. What I'm so, that's what You're going to see stuff in contracts. I guarantee you this: you will see stuff in giant contracts that the Giants give out that the previous regimes never even thought to, th- to yeah. do. That's what so I, mean. I, I know it's like nerdy, but that's a big part of my off-season content is discussing the contracts that they that they make. And, and, and I do it all the time. And I'm looking forward to seeing the difference between what the Dave Gettleman and Kevin, Kevin Abrams era did in comparison to the Joe Shane era. So yeah. that's something I'm actually really looking forward to, to see yeah. how they structure these new salaries. I might I might devote a show. I haven't thought about it, but you know, I'll see if my my – viewers are interested in i might just do a whole show on the salary cap because i get a lot of questions about how it works structures and stuff like that so maybe just do like a kind of like an educate a live show where you can ask questions and i can try and answer some of them you know about the salary cap but that's that's for the off season we got a lot of football still to come and speaking of a lot of football we got to take one last break i got a minute long ad i have to run and then we'll be back we'll talk some more we'll take more of your questions don't go anywhere everybody Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be challenging and put a strain on our mental health when things happen that are beyond our control. Seeking the expertise of a licensed professional to help guide us towards a resolution is the key to overcoming life's ups and downs. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online service. Get matched up with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. And if you find that you're not a match for your assigned therapist, you can switch anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can help get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Live. Trina, Tana, and Dog. That was better. The I'm dog. There. I am getting there. That was better. It was more short, more sweet. I liked it. <laughs> I was trying to sound smooth, you know. Yeah, it was talking. smooth. It was I'm good. Trying to find the right voice, the right tone. You got. I think you got to kind of meet in the middle. The first one was too long of a dog. This one was like <laughs> quick of a dog. You need like you need you need a healthy medium. Uh, I, I, we'll, I work some, we'll work on it. We'll work we'll on work it. We'll work on it. You know, I got I got to summon back my my Brooklyn. I, I used to have a Brooklyn accent, even though I never lived in Brooklyn. My parents were from Brooklyn. And, you know, obviously that's all I heard growing up. And over the years that they lost their accent and whatever accent I had, 
I've lost. So mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you have the typical Jersey accent. I'm like, I don't know. What is a Jersey accent? I don't think I have it, but I know, I know when Chris started, he had a much thicker accent than he does yes. now. I, I remember <laughs> that. It, it was much oh, thicker. Gosh. Yes. He's been hanging out with me too long. He's starting to get the he's starting to get a little upstate accent now. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because sometimes when I'm talking to, to people, when I have guests on the show and they have an accent, like so, especially the southern accent, pretty soon I start saying y'all and I I started picking up some. I mix in a y'all every now and again too, and I never said that before I was on YouTube. But yeah, like you said, it's sometimes you just see it so much in the chat. You're like, you say y'all, but yeah, I know. Like when we went to the Giants game a couple years ago, definitely the that I started talking with that accent. Like it just it's there. I just you know because I live in upstate New York, I don't I don't really speak with it. But when I get around a bunch of people that do have it, there it is. It's weird how that works. I'm 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 bad at faking accents. I, I I just you know. People say, believe it or not, I get cr- criticism about my voice. And I look, I don't have a radio voice. I admit it. But you know what? My voice is my voice. It ain't changing. Right. This is what it is. I think most of my thoughts are pretty sound. You know, once in a while, I I, I know I throw a clunker out there. Nobody's perfect. But no. this is it. You know, the, what you see is what you, you get. Are, you what are. you hear is what right. you get. One of, our, one of our subscribers tells us all the time, Chris and I have faces for radio all the time. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, he's been with us a long time. Our guy, he's, he's from London. Our buddy Stephen Lilly. He's he, yeah, it's uh it's awesome. Well, they had to drag me into doing YouTube because I was so reluctant to do it. But here I am. Right. We're doing it. We're having a great time. Um, we're over by the way. I have to I have to give a shout out. I have to thank everybody. Locked on Giants hit over a million downloads between just just the list the audio part. Now I, I didn't check the YouTube, but I'm sure we're 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 up there. It's got to be at least 1.5 million. So thank y'all from the bottom of see there I go again. There y'all, y'all. There was. <laughs> thank you from the bottom of my heart for for making this show so successful. I hope you guys enjoy Locked On Live as well as all the shows we're doing. Um, got some great content coming up uh, during the bye week. Um, can, I'll let you know what it is as we finalize schedules, but I'm working on some really, really cool guests for you guys and gals. And I think you will like some of these people that I'm planning to bring on. So that's coming up. All right, let's get back to your questions because that's what this is all about after all. Let's see. Amazing guy has a question. Would you start Gates at right tackle over Phillips? No, 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 not at this. First off, let's get Nick Gates into a game and let him get football hit. You know, football conditions, one thing. And it's funny, you know, Gates, I'll tell you guys a, a, a funny story. I'll give you a behind the scenes story because I know how much you guys like this stuff. You, was, you know, I'm talking about Dog and, and, and Chris, and I'm sure some of you listeners. So um, Gates was activated, as you know, on Wednesday. And uh, obviously the media were, were milling around his locker. We're waiting because, you know, everybody wants to talk to him, get his reaction and everything. And he was nowhere to be found. And we're sitting there and we're saying, gosh, this is unusual because Gates had been at his locker all throughout the season. You know, he was always there. You know, I talked to him literally like once a week and he was nowhere to be found. So finally, somebody from the Giants says, I have a feeling I know where he is. And I said, okay, where do you think he is? He says, wait a second, I'm going to go check and I'll, I'll let you know if he's where I think he is. So the person left the locker room, checked, came back and he's was nodding his head at me. I said, where is he? He goes, it's in the, the weight room. He's so excited. 
and yeah. so itching to get back at her. Gates was putting in an extra lift. All right. This is how badly this guy wants to play again. And this is why I am not ashamed to say I root for the guy, even though I'm not supposed to root for anybody. Being a member of the media, I'm supposed to be objective. I, I can't help myself. Nick Gates, I hope that kid comes back and he has and he wins a Super Bowl ring with this team. I really, really do. Yeah. No, listen, Nick Gates, I, I put it on Twitter. He's he's one tough SOB. And he don't mind getting in the middle of it, sticking up for his quarterback, or he he don't mind it. He likes that. You know, that's that dog in him. He, you know, yeah. he fits <laughs> right in with this team. Like I think his personality is perfect for what Brian Dable and company perfect. are doing here. And I think Chris mentioned this, or you mentioned last week, Pat, is we're we're not gonna sit there and win on style points. You know, we're gonna take in a back alley and we're gonna beat you down in, in, in quite a mm-hmm. fight. That's just what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a scrum, it's gonna be a brawl, it's gonna be a war. Back alley Nick Gates is Nick Gates is the guy you want to go to war with. Oh, you know, yeah. no oh you, you, you put it. me next to Andrew Thomas and Nick Gates, and I'll be the cleanest guy in the room. Right. Right. <laughs> and and they're not too far apart their lockers, too. I'm trying to think how many lockers they're they're separate. It might be one or two. And it, no, wait a minute. It's a, they might be next to each other now that I think about it. But but the point being is you're right. Nick Gates, when he he's he's an enforcer. Yes. And is. Andrew Thomas, for as quiet and as soft spoken as he is, and very studious, because I've had conversations with him as well. Very smart. He's he's got oh he's really smart, yeah. but he's got some dog in him too. Oh, I know he does. Speak softly and carry a pancake block. That is that's <laughs> love, it. love it. Love it. We, we're going to have to put that on a t-shirt, dog. <laughs> I love it. All right. Brick City 101. Who do you see coming out in the draft that could possibly be a great fit for the receivers? Brick City, i got to be honest with you. I don't look at the draft while the season's going on. I don't have time during the year to as too early. like I it's would like early. to. It's too yeah. early. Um, ask us that question as we get towards the end of the season. And we start to learn who. Even then, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Not yeah, I mean, as long as as long as the Giants are still in it, I'm not sure I'll wait till after the playoffs. It's going to be it's, nice it's to tough, actually. Though. Reason being, we don't know what they're going to do in free agency. You don't exactly. know exactly. are going to go in the draft. You don't know where we're picking, so it's tough. It, it, yeah, it really. And you is. haven't seen the combine receivers that are you know way up here can fall down and vice versa. I mean, nobody had Trayvon Walker going number one overall before the combine. He blew the combine up number one overall. So yeah. it's it's really, really tough. There's a couple of receivers from USC that are Mario Williams is really good. Um, Mims from Oklahoma is really good. So I mean, those are a couple of guys that I know offhand. Um, but but it's too it's way too. Yeah, got that dude from uh, I think there's it's a lot of to go on. For. There's a guy from yeah. Tennessee that's really good, isn't he? he caught like five touchdowns a couple yes. of weeks ago. I can't remember yeah. his name, but it's too early. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, stuff. we'll 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 devote a lot of coverage to the draft when the time comes, folks. But right now. Draft questions, maybe that's better off for the college. We yeah. and we have a, Listen, a, a I, I, I build in a guys. vacation week at work to cover the draft for Chris. Uh, <laughs> I okay. took a week off of work so we can do that. Uh, all right, that's the, that's dedication. I love yeah. it. I mean, we're doing it. We, we start like in January or whenever the giant season's over, we start. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna have Nick Filato, I think, this year. He's gonna do the draft profiles, he does a great job. I got coach Gene Clemens gonna probably do some stuff. So, gonna be fun. 
it's going to be a fun draft and it's going to be a big one, you know, especially like, like you were saying, dog, once we see what, what uh, Shane does in free agency, now we can kind of see how it sets up. But right. And this is the first year that he'll have his own scouts. Exactly. Yep. And they'll be doing it their way, his way. Yep. So yes, that's a really good point. All right. Survivor Sam asked, does this trade save cap money for now? It does. Let me look it up because I wrote about it for Giants Country. I think it's under country. a million. I read it. It's, it it's like- definitely under a million. I will tell you what it is in one second because I wrote it for Giants Country. The article is, um, what is the article title? What's next for the Giants following Kadarius Tony trade? And I talked about why the Giants made the, the move this soon. What are the, okay, so what are the salary cap ramifications? Um, it's a post-June 1st designation. Um, so the Giants are going to be on the hook for the first seven weeks of Tony's base salary at a rate of 71311 per week. Um, so that comes to just a hair under $500,000. The total savings is going to be about 784430 not, not a huge amount. That's why when we were talking about Jerry Judy, that's they could fit that in if they need mm-hmm. to. I, I could see them fitting in, but, you know, whether they make that trade when, and we talked about it, you know, to, earlier in the show, I think it all depends on what happens on Sunday. I want to see what happens on Sunday because if the Giants win, I could see Shane saying, okay, you know what? We might just have a chance at this, at catching the Eagles. Yeah, and, and, and Maybe we I, fortify things here. Yeah. And I think if you're trying to build like, you know, a culture, which is what they're trying to do in a winning culture. Again, it has to be the right deal. It can't be just forcing a trade to force a trade, but rewarding your players for playing hurt, for playing hard, for for putting their best foot forward, for getting out to the start that they've done, exceeding all expectations, saying to them, no, we believe in you guys right now. Like, that's what Brian Dable's done all year. Week one, we're going Mm -hmm. for two. Them going out there and trading for a wide receiver, that's going to make these players want to continue to play harder for their head coach, sure. play harder for this organization, saying, no, we, we're not – yes, we're, we still have a, a, a big eye on the future. We're trying to build sustained success. But if the right deal presents itself, we're willing to go out there, and, and we believe in you guys right now. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's important to instill that in these players. Again, it's a, it's an added boost to their confidence. So look at I I think we're good enough to win this division. I want to go out and get a receiver that's only going to improve our situation. And – you know, this offense, it's for the first time in years. Now, granted, our offense doesn't score a lot of points. It is what it is. We don't really have the most talent in this, you know, at the wide receiver room. We just don't. These guys work really hard, but this is not Tyreek Hill. You know, this is not Jamar Chase. It's not Jalen Waddle. He's not going to those guys. But you get a guy like a Jerry Jr., somebody like over the field for everybody else that could succeed even more and these guys are going to say look at man this coach believes that we can do this so he's trying to help this team get better he's trying to help us win now and as i said right at the beginning of the year winning builds culture you start winning games you start believing you believe in itself you, you believe in each other and it's a powerful thing belief it doesn't show up in a box score it's not a statistic but it makes a huge difference because there's no way anybody could tell me we're six and one two years ago with the regime and in the players we have, we'd be one and six. So this team finds ways to win where the other teams found ways to lose. So, and, and not to mention a guy like Jerry Judy is an eye on the future. He's a guy that's still in his rookie deal and, and maybe they really like him and they keep him here and they can address something else in the, uh, in the draft. So if you go out and get a Jerry Judy, like you said, Pat, it's one less thing you got to worry about in the draft. Maybe you uh, apply it to linebacker, cornerback, a place where weak. 
and get stronger there. So it's, you know, Joe Shane, they've done a great job so far, and uh, I think they're going to continue to do a great job. And I really do think they're going to go after a wide receiver. I, I really do. I, I would not be surprised. And I want to get to Jake's question in just a second, but I want to ask you guys something um, because when you were talking, you, you, you reminded me of something. Dave Gettleman, when he was here, talked about rebuilding and competing, you know, competing while you rebuild. Shane has said the same thing, but yet Shane and the Shane's Giants have been more successful at it. Do you attribute that more to the coaching, to the to the players? I mean, what coach, do you guys coach. attribute that to? Definitely coaching. Coach. Starts with the coach. I mean, they, they, they have the same players. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got, yeah. they, they, got they got actually lesser players if you think about it. I mean, so, yeah, I mean. All you got to do is look at the players that have been playing on this team now for three, four years. Dexter Lawrence is a new player. Julian Love's a new player. Daniel Jones is a new player. James Zimmerman is a new player. You go down the list. Fabian Moreau looks like a legitimate starting cornerback in the NFL. Daniel like, Jones no, is a different the, player, too. Don't forget that. Yes. This is the, the, the coaching, 100%. And, and football, it is so true. I know it's like a an old Touché, adage, but right. and it, it may sound corny, but football is a game of inches. Games are decided by a fraction. Each and every Sunday, and we see it every week with the Giants, and we've seen it in prior weeks when the Giants stunk. They lose a ton of close games. This is a team that is well-coached, that is well-prepared, that comes up big in those spots because their coaches put them in the right situations to succeed. Coaching goes a long way in the NFL, a long way in the NFL. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that all these teams are constantly picking at the back end of the drift and they continue to stay there because they've got – Guys like Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, you name it, the best coaches in the league. Harbaugh is another one. You know, those guys. So – yeah, I, the coaching, 100%. But yeah. I, the thing is, I think these players always had talent. They just wouldn't, weren't put in the right situation to get the right. most out of it. That's the thing. Yep. Yeah, you mentioned this last week, that these guys, this coaching staff has like a plan B and a plan C. And mm-hmm. a plan B. I mean, I just look at the guys because you're thinking, oh, my God, we lost Evan Neal. And Tyree Phillips comes in and does a great job. Outside of the first play where he kind of got burned inside, you didn't hear about him again. You didn't hear yeah. about Azudo. When you don't hear about a lineman, it's a good day. Yes. Because the only time you ever hear a lineman's name is if they're getting beat or it's a false start or a hold. You heard nothing about either one of those guys. You know, we, uh, Moreau is another example. These guys come in and it's like uh-huh. they're prepared. They, yeah. they have been prepared, whereas other guys, they come in and it's like they're lost. They weren't prepared. They didn't think they were going to play. Whatever it was, a lot of times as soon as somebody went down, someone else came in, they attacked a weak spot. It doesn't seem like we really fall off. Even when our best players go out to the guys behind them, they just know their job. They know what they got to do. And I believe, again, having belief in one another is, I know this guy's going to do his job. I'm not worried about it. I just have to focus on what I'm doing. And when everybody just focuses on their job as a team, you're going to succeed. Where I think last year, guys try to do too much. You get yourself out of position. You overcommit. Mm-hmm. You're getting burned. That was so, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was was guilty of doing too right. much. And so, that's why he, he got knocked around. Now he, he has confidence, I think, in that Saquon's going to pick up the yards. The guys are going to get things done. And you see a difference in his play. So that's a great point, dog. Definitely. His, his confidence. The confidence is it's unbelievable. And every week you see Daniel Jones growing more and more as a leader. Yep. I know he didn't like that he yelled when Marcus Jones I was glad the pass, he did. But I said, good I for you. It. He's human. That was like the sixth drop. He should be aggravated. He didn't go up to him and yell at him in his face and make it a spectacle on the field. He turned around and said, catch the ball. Yeah. Good. To yes. me, I'm like, that. see, that's confidence. He's yes. confident. You can say, come on, man, I'm doing my job. Do yours. Let's go. Eli always used to say, you know, when, when, when a receiver would tick him off and wouldn't do their job or, or he didn't feel that they were doing their job the way they needed to, Eli would always remind them, 
I don't have to get you the ball, you know. Right. Eli was very calculated right. and, and cool like that. It was yeah. kind of funny, you yeah. know, and he would say it with a straight face, but you knew he meant it. Yeah. I, I saw that Daniel Jones. I'm like, see, that that's what I want to see. That's and Daniel's that's a competitor. That's a kid that wants to win. He continues to 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 share the blame. You know, it's it's like, oh, Daniel, you're you're NFC, you're, you're the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. You know, how do you feel? Oh, Love it's it. it's a team Love it's it. a team award. Yeah, this you know? guy and, and he oh, he you know he's Eli too in that. He's regard. everything he's, you want in a quarterback. He's, he's exactly. I'm not what, saying you know, that he's the, he's Pat Mahomes, Josh. I'm not. I'm talking no, about his characteristics. Right. Everything right. you heard about this guy since day one, since he he got here. He's the hardest working guy in the building, which is what you want your quarterback to be. He's the first guy and the first guy out. He is the first guy to shoulder the blame at any opportunity that yep. he gets. And it's much like, like Eli, Eli used to do. Much yeah. like Eli, who had every right to point out at several other factors. Mm-hmm. He had the guy, he had Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator. He had an offensive line from the depths of hell. He's got wide receivers who can't hold on to the football. And this guy's always pointing the finger at himself. Then he wins this award. He wins these accolades. He says, Well, that's not me. It's the preparation. That's a team award. The offensive line, the yep. wide receivers, Saquon. He's pointing everybody but himself. I absolutely mm-hmm. love seeing the growth from Daniel Jones, not just on the field, but off the field as well. He's yeah, becoming the, the more, and more level, the, of the a leader on this football team. I want to I want to come back to Daniel Jones in a second. I want to I want to get to Jake's question real quick, but I had a, something I wanted to ask you guys about Daniel Jones. Jake wants Jake Patterson. What's the most reasonable trade offer you would offer Denver for Judy? I wouldn't go higher than a third. I don't think. I, yeah, I mean. Fourth. And I don't. Th- I, I get the impression that I'd be surprised if Shane wants to give up a day two pick. I, I don't. You know, maybe a conditional fourth. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think for that? I don't know what his market's going to be. I honestly don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, supposedly he's getting a lot of interest, but I, think, I honestly be... think it'll cost at least a third. Yeah. I, I, Would you rather have Claypool or Judy? I'm thinking Judy only because Dable knows the Alabama, him connection. From, from the Alabama connection. Not that Claypool would be, you know, that I would be unhappy with him, but I would think, you know, just how this team has been rolling, they would probably right. go with, you know, what they know would be my guess. But this yeah, I mean, listen, here. at the end of the day, if Tony and I don't know, I know Judy's not doing very well this year. Let me take a quick look. No, he's uh, not. He's, he's Jerry, well, Judy, again, they have a they have a, another you know cesspool over over there in Denver. I mean, that, listen, at class. the end of the day, if Tony got a third and a sixth, Judy's getting more. Probably he's got he's got four hundred yards this year, which is what Tony has his for his entire career. Yeah. So I think he it's probably going to cost you a second. If I'm being honest, it's probably going to cost you a second to get Jerry Judy. I'm not giving up a second. But the other thing I don't is know if Judy. I Judy want, you know, I I don't know what the deal is with Kadari Stoney. Obviously, he fits Kansas City system really he does. well. It's very maybe, well. maybe they were willing to give up a little bit more for him. I, and again. I don't know what the deal is with Jerry Judy or, or what Denver's doing or how that how he fits over there. Maybe Denver's the same way. Maybe they just want something in return. I, I, if somebody offers him a second, like if Green Bay says we'll give you a second round pick, then we miss out on him because I don't want to yeah. get a second round pick. Yeah, for Jerry Judy. And worst case scenario, they just go into the draft and get him. I mean, it's right. not the end of the world. I mean, but yeah, but something you you definitely gotta. If you're Shane, I'm sure he he's probably thinking about it. And if he hasn't already made a call, maybe he will make that call after the Seattle game, like we talked about. All right, guys, I'm gonna throw this out at you, and I know it's early, but I've got to put this out there because I happen to see something um, during the course of my reading today. Daniel Jones continues to play well. You figure he's going to get another contract from this team. But what happens if the Giants say, okay, you know what? 
we want Daniel back. We want Saquon back. We can only franchise one of the two. It's going to cost mm-hmm. us less to franchise Saquon, which mm-hmm. means, Daniel, we're going to have to try and work out a deal with you. But they're going to also have maybe some competition, maybe, I don't know, Atlanta or Carolina or maybe some of these other teams that are going to be in needs of quarterbacks might take note and say, you know what, maybe we'll make a run at Daniel Jones. I mean, well, I, and I know, Washington. guys, I, I know a lot of people are like, gosh, what are you smoking? Or No, you're, you're not getting, smoking anything. You know, you're getting ahead no. of yourself. And yes, I, I, I'm getting, I realize I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I don't think but you it's, are. It's something you have to. I think it's something you have to consider. Look at the course of the NFL and and what some of these – Matt Flynn got a contract. He got a big contract. After he played one game with the Packers. Nick uh, Foles got a big contract. Nick Foles got a big contract. Kirk Cousins, look at the the contract. uh, The guy from Denver that that was competing with – Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler got a big contract. Teams need quarterbacks in the NFL. So, no, there will be a market for Daniel. But here's what I'm going to say. If I'm Joe Shane, this is the way I'm thinking this year, going right now, if, if I'm thinking about keeping both these players. I'm not even going to bother franchise take and take one Barkley because he's not going to play on the franchise take. It's not going to happen. He's not playing on the franchise take. He'll sit out the year. He plays a short shelf life position. You're going to have to give this guy multiple years. If I cannot work out a deal for Daniel Jones and I want to keep him, I use the tag on him, and then I try to work out a deal while I already know he's locked in with the football team. I try to work out an extension after the fact. If it comes to that point, I don't let him get reach the market. That's what I do. That, that's Even how though I think it's going to cost you more to, to franchise But you could restructure, right? You could work out a deal after the fact that you use it. Or you well, have once he's, right, but you, you're still tying up that money, though. It's, it's what is it, like they're going to be 30 30, 31 or 32. But right, if, so that's half say, of what their like, space is. June, you know this better than me, but say in June, you then come to a, you come to a, an agreement. I'm willing to sign for four years. You could rip up the franchise tag, right? Yeah, you you can do that. So that's that's so what you I do. Right? I, the, negotiate. I use it as a tool so Jones doesn't hit the market. Okay. All right. Cause I mean, yeah. you know, I, I've, I've kicked this around. I'm like, it would make sense from, from a cost perspective to do Saquon. But like you said, would Saquon play on that? I don't know. No, I can't. So if, in that case, he's had a hard he just, time with injuries. So if he's going to get paid and again, running backs, you should get one big contract because 29 is extremely young to me. But as far as a running back goes, it's you're, you're getting near the end of your, your career when you hit 30 years old. So, yeah, um, if he can get paid, I, yeah, like Chris said, I'm, I right. wouldn't. And if it's me and I've dealt with serious injuries and all of a sudden I'm having a big year and they want to give me nine million dollars, I'd much rather say, nope, I'm going to sit out and not risk injury and then hit the free agent market and get my 18, 22 million a year for four years, whatever it is that somebody would give because somebody would pay him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I was just curious about that because I saw, I said to myself, yeah, I could see potentially a marketing, a market develop for, for Daniel Jones if he continues on the path that he's on. Now, would Daniel necessarily want to leave New York? That I don't know. He'd be stupid too. And he's not stupid. I, I agree. I mean, this this is a perfect fit for him. I, yeah, I, mean, I think the fact that they're playing for Dable, I, I think that that would have a big influence on what they do. I, I think yeah. that they like that, especially Daniel Jones. Because Daniel Jones has played for how, you know, this is his third head coach in four years. God knows how many offensive coordinators the guys had come in yeah. and out of here. He's Get some stability. Two different GMs. And yeah, this should be a, more stability That's what it for is. him. That's what it is. Daniel Jones right now is sitting. He's, he's looking at it straight in the eye saying, I get to come back in this offense for a second straight year in offense. I'm already very familiar with. So for the first time in forever, I get to play a second year in a good offense. In the same scheme, it's only going to get better from the draft. You, it's only going to get better from the draft. Yep. Dan Jones would be pretty naive, I think, to leave this situation. I don't think he will. I think they're going to work something out. 
And I'm going to work, spoiler alert, I'm going to try and come up with uh, contracts for both Daniel and Saquon. Just, just you know, something to fill in the, the bye week. I have an idea how, what they might look to do with Daniel. And we'll see how close I come. Sometimes I, I come close and sometimes I don't. But I have a rough idea what I think they can do without breaking the bank. So that's going to be on Giants Country. And, and if I can figure out a way to put it on, on uh, the podcast, I'll do that as well. But uh, definitely on Giants Country because I can show my charts and everything like that. All right, let's get back to some of these questions. I want to get this question answered real quick from NY Giants 26. Wants some advice on how to become an NFL journalist. Don't. Do you know how many hours I work? No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to discourage anybody. I'm, but seriously, it is a lot of work, a lot of hours. I spend, you know, I literally from the time I get up, 7.30 in the morning until sometimes after midnight every day except really Saturday and, and you know, yeah, except Saturdays. Really, that's the only day I, I go half a day. But seriously, if you want to be a journalist, the best thing to do, um, decide what type of journalist you want to be. Do you want to be a broadcast journalist, you know, a content creator like like Chris and Dog are? Uh, do you want to be a writer like I am? I'm, I consider myself primarily a writer. What kind of journalist do you want to be? And then pick a platform and practice it. Do it daily. So if you're going to be, for example, a content creator, start a YouTube channel and start, you know, getting the word out there. Use your hashtags, get a Twitter account, you know, tag other journalists and whatnot. Get your name out there. And same thing if you're writing. If you're writing, start a blog, you know, tweet out facts, you know, look stuff up, do a lot of research. I do, I do a lot of research to find obscure stats or little things that maybe other people aren't finding or talking about and get it out there because that's, what's going to separate you from the rest of the pack is if you come up with a position or, or a fact or something that sets you apart, you know, you don't want to reiterate what everybody else is doing. You know, that that's, it's like, come on. So come up with something unique and just, Develop your own voice and practice, practice, practice. Can't stress that enough. And think again, long hours, be prepared. And come up with a catchphrase. Come up with a catchphrase. And come up with the dog. Right. You just got to find your style and what works for you. That's right. Yes, exactly. Or or you could go to Chris and he could teach a stand. Nothing of mine was planned. I I always said I started my channel for fun. The stand up wasn't planned. I just. the, the, the true story with the stand-up, I was drunk in a live stream, and I just kept yelling stand-up because <laughs> I was an obnoxious person watching the, the, the oh Giants. Oh, my God. And I kept, stand up, Giants, stand up. And everybody in the chat started, like, saying it, and they actually liked oh. it, so it became something. Nothing was you planned. You see the things you learn at the, in this the, pod? It's just the, so the, fascinating. The, 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 the one bit of advice I give to anybody whenever they ask me about a YouTube channel, whatever it is, I don't care if you're talking about pottery. I don't care if you're talking about cookies, flowers, movies, whatever. Make sure it's something that you love. Make sure exactly. it's something that you enjoy um, and, and try to build a positive community. That's, that's it. That's and the only be objective. That's the important thing. A lot, I see a lot of, a lot of writers come to me and they, they, they're fans and you could be a fan of the game, but you have to be objective. You sometimes got to put aside your, your fandom for the team. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a house where my father was a season ticket holder for the giants. So I grew up with giant fans. So when I became a journalist, I had to kind of put the fandom aside to be objective. Otherwise, you know, as far as I'm concerned, everything's rosy and everything's great. And hey, we, the Giants, we're, you know, and, and I, I had that lesson, actually, actually, a lesson I learned from the great Jerry Eisenberg. I don't know if you guys remember him or know who I'm talking about. He was a longtime columnist for the, for the Star Ledger. 
One day we were sitting in the airport waiting. I think it was the Indianapolis airport waiting to come home. And we were talking about the Giants. And I made the mistake of referring to the Giants as we. And he stopped me. He says, what do you mean we? I said, the Giants. He says, why did you say we? He says, we suggest you are you and the Giants are one. And I thought about it and I said, oh, crap, you're right. <laughs> so I was like, that was a lesson I never forgot. And, I, and from that day forward, I just stopped saying we. And I, I refer to the Giants as the Giants. The Giants need to do this, not we need to That's do that. That's the difference between what you do and what Ben right. and myself yeah. do. Is I still look at it as we. I mean, still, right. I, and I, that's I, fine. I'm not, I'm not criticizing what you no, guys No, no, no. I don't think you're criticizing yeah. us at all. I'm, I'm just, just saying I'm just that's saying the difference. That's the difference. Like, I try. I think we try um, mm -hmm. to be as objective and, uh, and unbiased as we can. But at the end of the day, I never sugarcoat it. I'm a right. fan. Right. And, that, and that's what, and that's what makes you guys you're so always special gonna get a, You're always going to get a biased perspective. Right. That's what a fan is. A fan is biased. Sure. Yep. sure. Um, I'm just, I'm just saying like in the press box, for example, we're not allowed to cheer. Oh, no, you should right. You should be. We, we have job. to, we have to sit like church mice in the, in the yeah. press. So that's what I'm trying to talk about. There's, this, there's that difference. Yes. But that's, that, that doesn't Plus mean that I, I don't can sit cheer. there. And that doesn't mean that I don't sit there and the Giants do such a I don't sit there and go like this, you know, raise a pump or, you know, fist pump or something like that. You know, I was going to wear my sunglasses to start the show, except that. No, you, you know what? You got to wear it. Second half. That's when Bad Dog and me put it on. We, it's oh, we second half? Time adjustments We're going to have adjustments. <laughs> I was going to do that, but then the Tony trade kind of blew all that stuff right, up. Right. But, but uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's get back to some of these questions here. Jonathan Asmot, is there any chance the Giants can get Beckham Jr.? Jonathan, no, no. Beckham's not going to be ready till what, December? He's going to cost too much. This team doesn't have cap space this year. And quite honestly, next year, get a, get guys on a rookie deal. You know, you're going to have other needs. You know, I I, I get the, the affection for, for Beckham. No, I, I, I'm i afraid that I think that ship has sailed. I really do. Um, coming off two ACLs, get somebody who's younger, who, who you can get on a rookie contract and, and just, you know, build from there. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I'm in complete agreement with you. I know the fans hate hearing that. I get it. He's, I, and he's I, the yeah, most talented wide receiver in Giants history. He's a fan <laughs> favorite. Um, even I, you know, and listen, you, you, you make mistakes sometimes. I, I think I did. I did. I was a little too hard on Odell Beckham uh, towards the end, if I'm being completely honest. But I just don't I just don't see the fit. I don't see the fit for him more so than anybody else. I, to me, we have no money. Mm -hmm. I, we have no money. Like to me, there's better options out there for him where he could get paid a little bit more. He's probably going to, you know, he could go to a superstar quarterback. Like I just I don't see the fit now. Now maybe in two or three years things are different, but right now I don't see the fit. Yeah, and by then oh, he'll yeah. be he'll be older, and you know I, I look I Odell when he was here, contrary to what some of you might remember or whatnot, I liked Odell. I had no problem with him, but I really think that ship has sailed. I'd be surprised. I really yeah. would be surprised. You know. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But I, I've said ever since he got traded, there there's a part of me that thinks he retires a Giant, even if it is just as like his last year in a league. And he does take a league, you know, the the uh, veteran minimum, whatever that may be. But I, I could see him finishing it again. Maybe it's just one year. But I, I do feel like he is going to wear giant blue one more time. I just, I, 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 like, I could see that. I just don't think it's going to be this year. No, not this year. No, because yeah. like you, you guys have just said, we don't have money to get yeah. Odell Beckham, mm -hmm. which is why, you know, DJ Moore doesn't really fit. And yeah. we need to look at guys like that are on the, the road. Cap's you know, like bad guys. Yeah, I mean, bad. it's that bad. I mean, it's the leftover effect of Gettleman, you know. Yeah. 
I don't know what he was thinking. I, I I saw it and I'm like, what are you doing, Dave? Come on. You swing for defenses. He, he said, listen, I, I was just but like, it you know didn't what? work the two prior years that he did it. I don't know what made him. Oh, think well, it was yeah, that I don't know. But anyway, all right. So Brandon Swan wants to know why wouldn't Alex Bachman not want to go to the practice squad? You know, I when he was initially cut, I think I had seen something about it. he was looking to catch on with another team, you know, because he had had such a good summer. But I don't know if he had an injury that maybe popped up. I, I, I'm just spitballing here. I don't know exactly why, but I find it kind of curious that he wasn't picked up. Maybe the teams don't view him as, you know, the way the fans view him. I don't know. Um, I thought he, he might be somebody that they would have brought back, but the fact that they haven't brought him back is kind of telling, I think. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think Bachman looked at the Giants situation as a dead-end he wasn't getting the opportunity. I mean, he was here for what, like three years on the practice squad. And he probably elected rather than coming back or signing the practice squad, seeing if somebody else would be interested in him. He had a strong preseason, strong training camp. And like you said, there was no real interest. So th- this is what happens when your fans. He probably would have, he probably would have been on the field though. You look at our receivers. Now. Yeah. He probably would have been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Point, been, yes. It's kind of surprising, but um, all right. Uh, NY Giants 26 surprise. Brandon Brown is not a GM somewhere. He will be. Shh. He will be. Please keep that quiet. Now, the good news this with that, guy works his tail off. And the he's good, the good news with that, Patty, whenever that is, and it's going to happen. He's very it, smart. It is. Very smart from everything that you hear. Yep. We will get the competition. Two comp picks. Exactly. If, if, when he becomes a GM somewhere else, right? Because he's a, he's a minority yep. candidate, which, yep. which that's exactly. good. But, but um, I don't want to yeah, lose he's, him. He's got to become a GM eventually. That I was do one not the more this underrated. guy is looking for talent and spots that I don't yeah. know that the previous regime thought to look. That was one of the more un- moves that flew under the radar was getting him from Philadelphia. Because you look at what Philadelphia did. They were in cap hell. And they'd won four games and in a matter of two years. They're where they are now. Now, Hyde Roseman has a lot to do with that, but Brandon Brown was a big part of that as well. Watching what they did with the offensive line in Philadelphia and the way they fixed everything really fast. I'm like, that's a that is a great guy to come in here and help out Joe Shane. I was I was thrilled about getting him here. That's why a lot of times I talk about the GM, I always mention Brandon Brown because I know he's got a lot to do with what's going on. And Howie Roseman school. Right. Howie's, Our front Howie's office is massive. very smart. They're very uh-huh. football smart. We talked about this last week. The, you know, we had three Yale graduates, or not Yale, but Ivy League graduates, Ivy League brains on the sideline last year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't translate to football IQ. Book smart right. doesn't necessarily, necessarily translate to football IQ. These guys are football smart. I'm not yep. saying that they're not smart in general, but they're very football smart, especially a guy like Wink who's been around the block. Dable knows what he's doing. You see that, you know, how Buffalo transitioned to being one of the best teams in the league. He had a big part to do with that. And, of course, Kafka obviously worked with Pat Mahomes. You see how great that Kansas City offense is for all those years. And, again, Andy Reid has something to do with that. It certainly helps to work with guys that understand what's going on. But these guys have their own style. They develop it. and It's, it's a perfect storm right yeah. now when the New York Giants. And yeah, there's a lot of holes here. And people don't like the term rebuild, but Joe Shane said it. We're going to try to win, but he pretty much said, make no mistake about it, we're rebuilding. Yes. But we're 6-1. and one. So just think about it. He said we're in a rebuild. We're 6-1 and one, and we're only going to be going up from here because you're going to get more draft capital. You're going to get more cap space. And these guys are going to have more familiarity with the coaches and the players and the playbook and everything else. So the way they've executed in the first year is unbelievable. And 
like I said, the future is bright for the Giants. And it feels good, Giants fans. You yes, it does. Time. Let's go. Let's go. And you know what? I can see Shane for, for executive. If the Giants finish with, with you know, somehow winning the, the, uh, the division, Shane should be a clear-cut executive of the year. Dable should be coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that sounds like I'm being a homer, but look, I'll take it. I, I those two guys have done a whale of a job, yep. and they just play off of each other so well. I mm-hmm. I, I call them the twins because yep. it's funny when they show up for joint pressers, they're usually wearing the same shirt. They're twinning, I guess, is what they call it. Twinning, twinning and winning. That's twinning the way and we winning do it. exactly. And the, and I like that the two of them speak together. As opposed to, you know, Dable speaks separately and Shane's. That's what they used to do in the past, the GM and the head coach. And sometimes the messages didn't align. Now, at least they can hear what, what the questions are. They can they can be on the same page. And it's it, it, it's, it, it's a, such a wonderful dynamic. It's a completely different feel. Like after these games, you know, when you see the, the sideline videos after the games, you see Dable and Shane like, you know, like hugging, violently hugging it out. Like they can't wait to hug each other and they love yeah. each other. Could you picture Dave Gettleman like crawling over to to Joe Judge or, or crawling over to Pat Shermer and doing something like that? Like these guys, like you said, they really like. And obviously, they were with each other in Buffalo. Right. He, you knew that he was coming as long as soon as Joe Shane got the job, and you could tell. Like, no, these guys are joined. They're, they're locked. They're, these guys are going to work together. They want to work together. There's not going to be any, uh, you know, disconnection here. These guys are going to work together for a long time, mm-hmm. and that's what you want as a fan. You want a head coach, a GM that are together, and they, and they think alike, and they want to work mm-hmm. together. They like one another, and that's what the Giants finally have here. They didn't have that with Gettleman and, and Shermer and Gettleman and Judge. They didn't have it. Yeah. No. One thing I like that Dable said in the, in the press conference after the game last week is when he said, that, you know, I'm I'm never really happy. And to me, that's a winning mentality. because That's a Belichick mentality. Right. You should never be happy. You should always be striving. As soon as you settle, that's when you, that's when you fall apart. That's when you can't settle and be like, oh, I'm happy because – then you're going to fall off. You have to continue, and that's that's not just football. That's life. You that's have to life. always try to reach for new goals. You, you hit a goal, set another one. Yeah. Don't don't just settle because at that point, when you're settling, it's like, well, what do I have to strive for? What do I have to work for? So continue to find something. So I love when he said that because I'm like, that's a winning mentality. Yeah. You know, never settle, always strive. And he's got that mentality. So. You know, the Giants can be 16 and one at the end of the year, and he can be sitting there going, Well, we're not done. You know, that's I'm not happy with that. I want this. I want this. I want this. Oh, you want yep. a Super Bowl? I'm not happy. I want another Super Bowl. That's what you want. You're at that's, that's what, what you want. Exactly. Year. Exactly. Great point. All right. I want to get this question in from the big move. We got a salary cap question. What do contracts with incentives count against the cap? The short answer is yes. There are two types of incentives. There's likely to be earned L. L-T-B-E, and not likely to be earned. N, not, N-L, not likely to be earned. You know the acronym. We got it, we got it. You got it. (laughs) So likely to be earned incentives would be things like um, playtime, certain amount of yardage, touchdowns, sacks. Um, the, The likely to be earned incentives count against the current year's cap. The not likely to be earned incentives would be things like postseason related MVPs, stuff, winning a Super Bowl, like that. Yeah. MVP. That stuff would count against the following year's cap if it is earned. If he hits so, the bonus, right? Right, right. So that's the difference. So the the short answer is yes. All the incentives do count against the cap. It's just a matter of if they're unlikely to be earned or not likely. Now to I got be a question earned. about that. 
Sure. Is it player specific? Because if, if you're talking about Kenny Galladay, if uh, one touchdown's in his contract, that's probably not likely to be earned. Now, if you're talking about somebody else, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm obviously kidding a little bit. But is it player specific? How do like how do they? Yeah, identify it, it, it's player specific. So, for example, Dan, let's take Daniel Jones's contract. Maybe they put a clause in the contract that says, "Okay, Daniel, if you win, uh, if you win a Super Bowl." We'll give you a million dollars extra. That's not likely to be earned incentive. That would be not likely to be earned for any quarterback, I would think. Super Bowl. But Eli had it. Eli, I think, in one of his contracts in 2011, he cleaned up because right. I think he had he had a, a not likely to be earned incentive for every playoff game he won. I don't remember what the amount was, but I remember he had something like that. So it's a way to to further motivate and um, you know and and I was talking about different mechanisms that they can do to put these contracts together for quarterbacks. These are some of the things I'm going to touch upon probably when I come up with my model for, for Daniel Jones. Right, especially like Saquon Barkley. Like yeah, Saquon's another one. Guy. You know, you yeah. have to play Are you the rushing games. leader, you know? Right, or 14 games because he's, he's missed a lot of times. So, hey, listen, if you play 14 games. Same thing with Jones. Well, that, right. that would be, that would be if, if you play 14 games, that would be a per-game roster bonus. That counts against the current year. Okay. So – that you know, players do have that. Um, it, it, it there are different mechanisms, and I, I can go over some of them. Like I said, if 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 you guys, you know, and I, I'm talking about also the, the audience here, if you're interested in like a cap, I don't want to call it seminar, but like a cap thing where I just put examples up on the screen and then you guys ask questions, drop me a comment or you know, put post it or whatnot, and just let me know. I don't know if there's be an interest in something like that. Because um, some sometimes you know people find that confusing or boring or whatnot. I find it fascinating. I think it's important to know because you have to understand, and this way you can write informed you know stuff. So that's why when people say, "Oh, they should trade for Mike Gesicki," well, they can't fit him under the cap. So you know, well, couldn't they do this? Well, maybe if they manipulate this here, they do this kind of gymnastics. So there are things to learn. And I actually took a course. There's a course you can take on the NFL salary cap. Joel Corey teaches it. And I took that course a couple of years ago. I already knew the cap pretty well, but I've learned a lot, especially about contract structures and all that stuff. So not that I'm going to be a GM anytime soon or a capologist, but I felt that was important to learn because it, it gives me another element, something else I can write about that maybe my colleagues maybe aren't doing as much. So right. this to my two cents on the subject. Um, all right, let's see. The ball don't lie. How can the Eagles only pay Quinn about 700000 in a trade? Uh, I didn't see what they are paying Quinn. Let me just see. Yeah, I'm going to look up his contract, too. I'm I got to look up his contract to see. I think it might have to do with proration, but let me see. Robert Quinn contract. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh... Let me see what he had. So 2023. I mean, they, I'm looking they, at they, now. You know what they probably did? They pro All right. He had a base salary. Oh, no. Here it is. His base salary was $1.12 million. So the, the 700 or whatever it is. Prorated. It, it's prorated. Exactly. That's that's how they can afford it. That's what it the, is. The next two years, he's 14 and 13 mil, but there's yeah. no, no dead hit. So they could cut him if they want. And not well, there's no penalty. Right. Well, he's, he's actually 13.9. No, you're right. 14, you're right. Because uh, he has workout bonuses. But yeah, yeah, that's how they were able to afford that. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about Robert Quinn. All you got to do is go back, take a look at that Bears film against the Giants and see that he didn't sniff Daniel Jones because our guy Andrew Thomas handled them just fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, like I said, speak softly and carry a pancake block. (laughs) I love that. Now you got me wanting pancakes tomorrow for breakfast. I have pancakes every morning for breakfast. Do you really? Yeah, little three protein pancakes, little little pancakes. Maybe I'll get pancakes tomorrow for breakfast. I don't know if I have any any pancake mix upstairs. I pop in the migraine for two minutes. We're good to go. I have no choice. My husband likes Mickey D's pancakes. I don't care for them, but you know, I'll I'll give it some thought. Maybe it'll be. I haven't had pancakes in a while but anyway all right um ny chris asked what do you guys think about making a trade for wilcon smith instead of receiver i yeah he's a free oh, agent at the end of the year he too. makes a lot yeah. of money too doesn't he i'm sorry he should still be in he a makes a decent amount of money doesn't he wilcon smith yeah player. let me see what he let me see what he he makes i'm pretty sure 9.7 million wow That's he's on the last year last year of his rookie deal he's a high draft pick yeah he's they a- can't fit him can't fit him. So, I mean, and, and plus they're going to get Ellerson Smith back at some point. Um, they're hoping to get Aziz Ojolari back. I, I don't, receiver to me is a bigger need. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it guys. Yeah. I think our defense is, is good and not, obviously you'd like it to be better, but I think if we could just, what a number one wide receiver could do for the offense could really alleviate some of the pressure on the defense as well. So the defense is like, we got to be perfect. I think if so offense starts, and again, they've been efficient enough, but if they could add a big weapon to open everything else up. Um, if you had a weapon, you, you think about what that does for the ground game. Right. Like we're, we, we, we've had this success. We have the number one running offensive football right now. Yep. And we have the number one running offense without the threat of an outside wide receiver. Right. You had an outside wide receiver, Saquon Barkley. Are you kidding me? Yeah. With, 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 with a threat on the outside, they can't stack that box anymore. Daniel right. Jones likes to work off of Saquon Barkley, having more success. Yeah, like all of a sudden, this offense goes from pretty good to could be really good right. if you had a legitimate number one uh, wide receiver on the outside because that just adds another element to what the defense has to account for. Especially if you can get Galladay back and healthy, then then you really may have something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, nice giant fan said, wouldn't DJ Moore cost us about 600000 on this year's cap? DJ Moore, uh, 25 years old. He, he does have a base salary of $1.035 million. Next year, it's big. It's next year's million. number. Yeah, you're talking You're talking 19 point, uh, nine, $19.9 million. So, $20 yeah, million. Dollars. Probably, and you got to resign Daniel Jones and say, yeah, Mark, I. Dexter Lawrence potentially. Dexter, well, Dexter, Thomas, they've got him on the contract. Love. They've got him under contract for what? This, this is one more year. Years, they do. One yeah. more year. But I think at some point, if I'm the Giants, I look to extend him. Yeah. Dexter's playing lights out. Yeah. And let me tell you something. That dude, he's in good shape. He's in good shape. And, and the maturity level that he has shown as a leader, I mean, I'm I'm really impressed by De- I told him, I said, I said, Dexter. It's been an absolute pleasure to see you grow up from from a you know a, 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 we we used to call him a chubby cheap rookie because he he was kind of chubby cheap now he's right. solid he is rock he's a man solid now people. man he's... he he he's he's he is rock solid and and he, it's just to see these guys and I t- and I tell you guys this all the time to watch these guys they come in as kids as rookies and they mature as they as players as mm. you know they they grow into fathers and husbands. It's really rewarding for me. I know that sounds kind of hokey, but it, it's just to watch it and, and, and see it before your eyes. And you think, 
wow, I remember when, you know, like I, I was kidding Eli Manning. I says, you know, I remember when you were a little snot nosed kid coming in in 2004. He goes, yeah, I remember that too. He goes, I was kind of obnoxious. <laughs> let me ask you, let me ask you. This is, I don't think that this is this crazy to say anymore. If you would have told me this before you started, I said, what are you talking about? Shut up. Dexter Lawrence might be Dave Gettleman's best draft pick. I, I would agree. 17. One of, one of, one of. He might be the best. When and Andrew, don't forget Andrew, Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas, but Andrew Thomas was fourth overall. He's 17th over, a little bit late. I'm not okay, saying. So, I, so you're talking yeah, in terms right of value. Now, right now, I'm probably leaning Andrew Thomas, and Julian Love is a very good value pick as well. That's looking very good. Xavier but you're McKinney, talking about very good value pick. But Dexter Lawrence, if he becomes what he's trending towards, and you got him in the middle of the first round, all of a sudden, like, get him his draft picture, like, this guy knew how to draft. Wasn't very good at free agency, but th- this coach is. Yeah, and he a- didn't know how to. He didn't know how to pick a coach. He didn't know how to pick a coach. That was that was a, that was a major a major. Yeah. Problem. You know, it's funny though, Pat. You you mentioned a couple that we've seen Daniel Jones mature into a leader. This year we've seen Dexter Lawrence maturing into a leader. I don't think that's coincidence. That oh, it's their fourth year, so they've all of a sudden figured it out. The coaching. <laughs> I here we go back. There the has a lot to do with it. And, you know, one thing I've always said, and I know. At the end of Eli Manning's career, Jerry Reese didn't do any favors with the offensive line. The offensive line was, was, was a train wreck. It was terrible. They couldn't protect him. And they started to fall off um, in pretty much 2016. I felt, even though they made the playoffs, I felt like they really started to fall off um, at that point. One thing I've always said, and I have no idea about knowing this, I think when they let Tom, when Tom Coughlin, when, when they got rid of Coughlin or told, gave him his release, whatever, they didn't really quote unquote fire him, but he, he resigned. There. I felt like that took a part of Eli because Eli, that was the only coach oh, he ever yeah. played for. Coughlin was like a father figure to Eli. Oh, I, gosh, I always yeah. felt like that took a, a, a piece of Eli would never Eli say it. Cried that, that but pressure. I would think that that had a lot to do with it. So it just shows you how important a coach is. And although Dable is a younger guy, I think Dable is actually younger than me. I still feel like these guys look at him like, a fa- not, not like a father figure, but like like we talk about a buddy. Like that's my guy. Then my guy's got my back. But at the mm-hmm. same time, he gives him leadership. He he shows maturity. He believes in him, and he and he allows these guys to be themselves. And we've seen that because he shows confidence in them, and they found confidence in themselves. So it turned them into leaders, and their play showing. That's why coaching is so big. And that was my mistake because. Like I said, I was critical of Daniel Jones, and I, I'm a guy that understands how important coaching is, especially when you get into the playoffs. But for some reason, I just thought the Giants, I just thought the Giants were beyond hope because it's been so bad for five years. I'm glad I was wrong, and I, it's it's been a lot of fun this year, and hopefully it continues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we all have opinions. I mean, I've been wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say yeah, that I've hit every pick. No, no, I say it all the time, Pat. I'm married. I'm wrong every day in my life. <laughs> you're you're going to be wrong just as much as you're right. If you're yeah. being honest. Exactly. With if you're putting your opinion. But, you, but you know what? Here's, here's the thing, though. You know, going back to the question that I got about being a journalist, you're not going to have a thousand batting average. You're not, it's just not going to happen. But if you present a logical argument. That's that, the most important thing. That's the most. You, you just don't shoot that's out an opinion. Content. That yes. is good. Just don't put content. out a, an opinion. And, and you know, it's like people say, oh, we should do this. Okay, why? Tell I can, why. Yeah, exactly. I can watch them. And that's what I try to do. I can yep. watch someone and I could they, they, I can look back and be like, that was a horrible take two years from now. But in the moment, if you present your side of the argument in a well-constructed manner and you have mm-hmm. a legitimate reason to believe what you believe, 
even if you turn out wrong, people yep. have to respect it. That's that yep. to me is good content. Absolutely. Yeah, the pulse of sports. I say it all the time. It changes week in and week out. Let's look at the power rankings. The power rankings don't say the same the entire year. There's a reason yeah. that teams, where were the giants at the beginning of the year? 29th, 30th. Where are they now? Down Fifth In well, the top 10. I, right. They're in the top 10. So, Obviously, the pulse of sports changes from week to week, especially in football, because every game means so much. And yeah, a guy got look. Who would have thought Geno Smith in year? What this is tenth year in the league? What we have a year he's having? People probably gave up on Geno Smith. Forgot Geno Smith was in the league. I know I forgot Geno Smith was in the league. But look at him having a resurgence. But people that were down on Geno Smith when he's with the Jets had a reason to be. But yeah. now you can't go back and look at the you know the Jets guys go, oh, I told you Geno Smith was going to be great back in 2014. You just Nobody thought he was going to be great. He hasn't had a job for 10 years. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So it's it's tough. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. We have a question from Todd Stefano. Any chance we trade Slayton, then package picks for Judy? I don't think so. I don't want to take I don't want to trade Slayton. I you know, no, if you had said to me trade Slayton at the start of the year, I might have said maybe. And you know it's funny. I had to do for I had to do um, a joint article for uh, for Fan Nation of Sports Illustrated, the best trade scenario. And I, I I submitted this before the Tony thing, and I I had put Slayton down, but I did so very reluctantly because I knew in my heart that it, it that just wasn't going to happen. And I said, well, you know, maybe who knows? You never know. I thought you know maybe they wouldn't give up on Tony so quickly. But yeah, I, when, I don't. As I, I learned more about it, and, and after I had filed that, I said, I asked the editor. I said, "Can I change my thing?" And he says, "Ah, we already edited; it's ready to go." I was like, "Ah, all right." I'm at be at wrong this on that. point, and I, I by no means do I think Slayton's the long term answer. I don't think he's no, he's not. But but it would I could see where it makes sense, um, or why you would think that he's in the final year of his rookie deal. Yeah. You know, is he going to be the long term? Is he going to be with this team long term? I don't think so. I think he might be though. Don't rule it out. I, well, he, he, he maybe, uh, but you know, he came back this, here for peanuts. He came back here. He took a pay cut he, to come back. And you here. know what? That I've said it before. I'll say it again. That young man has been the absolute model of professionalism. Hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit to two giants in, regarding that. This is the way you handle criticism. Okay. Yep. Evan Not Ingram, like a Tony. We hated Evan Ingram as a fan base, right? He did a lot. Yep. Of, he handled he, it like a champion. Mm -hmm. He handled it very well. Yes, he you did. You didn't see him do what Kadarius Tony did. He yep. handled it very well. He handled it like a true professional. Yes, he and did. And Darius Slayton has done the same thing. I'm going to give both of those individuals credit for that. Um, yep. Darius Slayton handled the criticism incredibly well, hasn't said a word, came back on a pay cut, $800,000, and now he's playing pretty well. I, I and, and not to mention him and Daniel Jones have some kind of chemistry. They've always had some kind of chemistry. Yep. He probably has more chemistry with Darius Slayton than any other wide receiver on this team right now. So, yep, I'm not in a rush to trade Darius Slayton. Why would I want to? We, we're thin there to yeah, begin with. Yeah, I, I, at this point, right, I wouldn't. That, I was going to say, wouldn't that defeat the purpose? Like, we, we're short on wide receivers. Why would we trade one for another one? And to be honest, Slayton's really our only burner, if you will. A guy that ran a 4-3-9 out of Auburn. He's kind of like our... Who's our other outside wide receiver? It's it's a lot of Wandale Robinson's a, a nice player, but he's more of a slot guy. You know, uh, Richie James and David. Like those aren't guys that think of like running. You know, those out routes or those those deep patterns down the sideline. That's Slayton. Slayton had the big thirty-two yard touchdown pass or catch rather uh, this week to get the Giants off to a good start. So 
Yeah, I mean, I'd let Slayton play out the year. He doesn't cost anything. And, and again, we saw the rookie season. They had a really good rapport, kind of fell off, and everybody fell off under that last coaching regime. Mm. So we're seeing them kind of get it back together. And like Chris said, the man was willing to take a big pay cut to come back here. So obviously he wants to be here. I tip my cap to him. And I told him, I said to him, I have mad respect for you for how you're handling yourself. And and he's very modest about it. The guy never ducks. You go into the locker room. He's always at his locker. He's always willing to talk. You know, not everybody's like that. And that was, and that I, was a smart Evan decision was like him. that. That was a smart decision by him, by the way, even though maybe he could have made a little bit more money in yep. the open market. He yep. got to come back with a quarterback he he's played with before. Yep. They have a rapport. And he knew when he signed back here, this was likely because the Giants That's had a ton of injury-prone wide receivers. So he knew he was going to get his opportunity in a good offense with Brian Dable, a good offensive play caller between him and Kopka. So it was a smart decision on, on, on Slayton's yep. part because I do think he'll get a decent contract next year for, you know, when he becomes a free agent. I think so, too. I think he will as well. Nice Giant fan. Why not trade Richie James for Judy? Yeah, I don't think I don't think the values there straight up. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know why Denver would would do that. No, I I I don't see that happening. It's it you got you got to do equivalent value and Richie James. I look look. I like Richie James. I like what he's done for this team, but I don't think you're gonna trade a guy who. What was Richie? Was he a third round pick originally? I think he was third. Yeah, I think he was third. Third round pick for. for I'm gonna double check, but I'm pretty sure he was a third. Yeah, I I. I don't know. I mean, Judy's a starting receiver, and is Richie James really going to be a starting receiver on any other team? Maybe. Oh, I'm wrong. I got him confused with. He's a seventh round pick, Richie. He's a seventh. All right, there you go. Yeah, 2018. The the, the value's just not there, and no, no offense. Like I said, I like Richie James, but the value's got to be there. No way, definitely. To me, he's he could be like a solid fourth or fifth wide receiver, but he's not. He's not somebody that you want starting. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's see. We'll take a few more because I know Chris and the dog got to go soon. No, you did it better. Little, you need a little more emphasis on the AUG. A little bit more, just a little bit. <laughs> Chris and the dog. The dog. There you go. Dog. You're starting they got to go there. soon because they got their show. They're going to do another two hours. <laughs> God bless them. Uh, Scott Young. Well, hey, guys, what do you think about the chance of the Giants losing Wink next year for a head coaching job? I think he's going to be a hot candidate. <sighs> he might. We might. But here's what I'm actually more worried about Kafka. Yeah, Kafka's younger, so yeah. in offensive guys usually end up being yeah. head coaches. Yeah, that's you know, what I'm concerned about. It's very rare. You know, even uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the, the the Miami coach that a lot of people wanted the Giants McDaniel? to hire. McDaniel? No, no, no. Um, Flores? Flores? Even he couldn't, you know, because he's a def- defensive guy. So teams throughout the league offense, yeah, are looking for offense. for offense. And you'll get the occasional defensive coach, but – it, and it may not be this year because this is Kopka's first year as an offensive coordinator, but the Giants have a lot of success. Don't be surprised. Teams take shots. You know, McDaniel got a shot. Uh, he was really young this past year with the Dolphins. So that is where the league's trending. People are looking for like what we did with Dable. So um, I'm actually more worried about Kafka than Wink, if I'm being honest. Yeah, Wink is older. It's, I don't know if Wink would even want to be a head coach at this point. I, I mean, think I, he does. Yeah. I think he was. I mean, I mean, you know, remember Wink interviewed here for head coaching job and kind of, you know, stayed with Baltimore and then they they parted ways, fired him, whatever you want to call it. And now here he is. I I forgot all about that. Yeah. So, but listen, I think someday Wink, you know, if if that's what he wants to do, sure. I think it is. I mean, you got to remember he 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 interviewed for for our job, remember, with Judge. So I think he would like to be a head coach. 
Yeah, I think so as well. So, um, all right, let me just see if we have anything else. Oh, there's one for you guys. Would you wear the shades at the half if we are winning and blowing out teens? Uh, is that Always directed? The Always. What's the it's shade? tradition. Halftime, the shades go. Yeah, I got to put them on. Gotta got to finish out the game before I head. What the heck? I had, I had a pair of shades. I, oh, here they put are. Them put them on. Put I, them on. I, Oh, I got to take off my regular glasses so I can see. But <laughs> why not? We'll, we'll, we'll put them on. Why not? Let's go. I won't be. Here we go. She's, jo- she's joining the Shade Club. Oh, yeah. There we go. I don't, I don't there we go, mine, right? Mine are in my car. Shady so Raids, I... former uh, one-time sponsor, by the way. Great, great Shades. <laughs> so she, at halftime, this is what you got to do. when you Are you going to the game? No, they're on the road. No, this week, right. Right? They're on the road. Well, so. you, when you watch the game, you watch it from your living room, I'm assuming? Um. Kind of. We. I also. Ha- I also have a, a live stat feed that I follow as well. So, kind of a. Wherever you watch the game next Third week, quarter. I need you to join me in Bad Dog at halftime. You put the shades on. Put them on. So, so during working. halftime, jump onto your feed. You'll, you'll time, see me in. You, you, Where's you, you it? Right at the start of. Is it at halftime or the start of the third quarter? I think we. we I know we do it like right at half. I can't it wait. To right at halftime. Okay. Like right at halftime. If I. All right. I have. <clears throat> excuse me. I have the. Um, I have to do the. The, the halftime report. So if I have it ready to go by then, if the Giants don't go back and forth, I will join you and I will bring the shades. Pop on, just, like pop on shades. For, just pop on for like two minutes and put the shades on with us. There you go. We'll, we'll keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. You got you, you know, that's so cool. You got to have fun with this stuff, right? Yes, you, you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we had no choice the last five years. <laughs> We had clown music. We had rolls of toilet paper saying this is a Giants playbook when he ran those back-to-back quarterbacks. <laughs> weeks yeah, we uh, I mean, we were, yeah. I had a paper bag I put over my head for one of the videos. Like, it was it was rough. Uh, it was anything to get through it. Had to oh, my crying. gosh. Last year was brutal. Oh, that's Last so year was brutal. Funny. Worst year I probably ever experienced as a Giants fan. 2017 oh. was really bad, but my son was born, so it was a little easier to take. This. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, you guys hang in there. So and, and it's gonna pay off. It's gonna pay off. So hopefully, hopefully. all right, let's see. Uh get a couple more in and then I'll let you guys get ready for your show. Mike Gorga, is it true the infamous boat trip was actually arranged by Cruz, not by Odell? You know what? I don't even remember. I I honestly don't remember who arranged it. I was surprised that Victor went on it, being the older receiver at the time. You would have thought yeah. Victor would have yeah. had a little bit more common sense. And he Especially after the – well, Victor wasn't on the team in 2007 when Jason Witten famously, you know, the Cabo trip. Remember that with the yeah, Cowboys? Of course. But that's what I remember that when, when I found out about that boat trip, I was like, eh, that's what that Such reminded me of. Such a horrible decision. Yeah. It was bad. And, and I'm it, not saying they lost – I don't – they didn't lose the game because of that, but just the optics – the and, optics and the, were horrible. And the bulletin board material for the Packers. Like, mm-hmm. why would you do it? Like, if I'm if I'm if I'm Mike McCarthy that week, I'm like, listen, guys, look at this. Yeah. Their whole entire receiving core is out on the beach. We're preparing for the football game. Like, yeah. then yeah. I respect it. Like, what were they thinking? And it was a distraction that whole week in the locker room. Because yeah. that's yeah. all the media asked about. Yep. Not a single football question was asked because everybody was like, well, what do you think? And then McAdoo had to put that fire out. And he I'm going to tell you right now, that does not happen under Tom Coughlin. No, no it doesn't. No, no, no. Even if Tom Coughlin had wasn't, wasn't in that hard room, they would have like, allowed it. He, they, even, if he, even if he wasn't as tough as he used to be, because he wasn't down the stretch, they would have had more respect for Tom Coughlin. They're not going out and doing that the week of a playoff game against the Green Bay Packers. They wouldn't do it with Brian Dable either. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I'm with you. 
They make the playoffs this year. There ain't no boat trips. No. There ain't no, no. boat trips. No. He might yeah, have I mean, sleepover. He might have sleepovers at the Giants facility. Right. You, might, they you have guys beds. can't leave. They have, right. they have a they movie have, night. Yeah. Popcorn or whatever. They have beds and stuff that that, that if they want to have a sleepover for film right, and, watch and whatnot, they do movie. have they that. Remember the Titans, Rudy, <laughs> they, can, they can listen to our streams. Yeah, right. Together. Why not? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It could be a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we make the playoffs. I can't imagine Chris and I is stream. We'll be pumped up. We, I mean, we haven't had an opportunity to really be pumped up <laughs> the last when we started doing this in 2018. So it's yeah. been a fun year. Sure it definitely fun. has. All right, I'm just checking to see if we have any other questions because you know I want to let you guys get ready. I know Chris is going to probably want his coffee. Yes, and that was a good idea. I did the coffee last week myself. That's why I was like a minute late because Chris it was going to get coffee and I sat here and I'm like, oh, that actually sounds really good. So well, you, I might do you and I were chatting afterwards. I think yes, right? we were. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go after we got off. I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go make my coffee. How do you guys drink your coffee? Black. Me too. Did you know I'm not a big coffee drinker? Now I do. Is it <laughs> weird, right? You know, you would think a journalist, I would be into coffee. I don't like the taste of coffee. What you my mother, tea? I'll tell you a, a, a fun story before we, we wrap up. My mother, when I was growing up, she could not wait till I got older because she was looking forward to having morning coffee with me. And I never liked the taste of it. And she tried to get me onto coffee by buying coffee ice cream. And I hated it. Never got yeah. into coffee, and and she's like, "How could you not like coffee?" And and you know, especially when I became a journalist, she's like, "Don't journalists isn't that all they drink?" I'm a tea drinker. I'll drink tea like it's going out of style, but I don't like coffee. No, like if you put some flavored cream in it, like you don't go you to know, Dunkin' Donuts to get like the pumpkin spice. The only time I have, co- I mean, no. the only time I have coffee really is on giraffe weekend, and that's because I need to stay up late. If I really need to stay up late, then I might say, okay, I'll have a half a cup or something. I can't drink this stuff. I don't like it. I live on caffeine. I, it's energy drinks. <laughs> it's Coke Zero, as everybody knows. I'm a gigantic Coke Zero drinker and coffee every day. I mean, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm fortunate. I work some long hours on YouTube and, and in real life. So it's, <laughs> I definitely I'm addicted. I'm addicted to coffee. Same I, I, yeah. Caffeine. Last night, I know, was was a lot, late night. I should have probably had a cup last night because I was dead tired. But yeah. Anyway, I got, I powered through sometimes just the energy and sure uh, especially, you know, the energy of the fans, which right. I appreciate. And the team you take right after Coach Damel, your <laughs> fighter, Pat. He is, yep. Again, do well, this. Yes, but, you know, also the fans, you know, the, the fans fire up Coach Dable. Yep. And for me, you know, the feedback I get from the fans, the suggestions, you know, people say, oh, you, the journalists don't listen. You know, a lot of times somebody will write to me, hey, why don't you do an article on this or, or that? And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. And I'll, and, and I'll say so-and-so suggested I do an article on this. Here it is. So, you know, you see people say, oh, I'm a man of the people. I guess you could say I'm a woman of the people, is that, <laughs> if that's applicable. But I do listen. I do watch, I do read all the comments or most of them. Uh, I ignore the trolls, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And uh you know, keep those cards and letters coming, folks, because this is you're the reason why I do this. You know, I I could, you know, Chris my husband, and I say that all the time. We're like, you yeah. know, everyone's like, thank you. Like, no, we thank you. We don't we don't exist without yeah. you know the people that watch us every week. So it's great. Yep. And I want to send a uh, best wishes to Alexander. Hope your your pops or who if it's you, I hope uh whoever is in the hospital, you know, 
you're fine. I, I'm assuming it's your father. So best wishes to you, Alexander. Thank you for tuning in. You know, I, nice. obviously, you know, to tune into a football pod, I appreciate that. Absolutely. I hope your pops is well. I hope you're, I hope you you're well, um, stay safe and hope we see you at another, uh, locked on giants live. Absolutely. So, all right. We got to let you guys get your oh, predictions. No, oh, you want to do predictions? All right. Well, well, you, don't like to do them. you don't, you, you don't like to do it. You were, you picked this last week though. She did. All right. I, I did pick, I did pick last week. You're right. Yeah. All right. You want to do predictions real quick? You got to do them. All right. So, Papa Guzzo, I, I have not shaved. You see that I, I cannot shave before. And I did Papa Guzzo give you any hard, give you a hard time? I don't know. He just always says, dog, you need to shave. And, and <laughs> just, this, I cannot shave before this show. We have to shave afterwards because, again, <laughs> as Eli said, I'm a little stitious. So. Okay. So what's your prediction? Oh, I start this time. Yeah. Uh, well, this this game, it's funny because Chris has the complete opposite feeling. I do. I'm worried about this game. I don't that flight. A to lot Seattle, of people are. I've noticed that. I that flight too. to Seattle bothers me. Uh, it's a really tough place to play, and I'm like, man, eventually, eventually, it's not going to happen. Eventually, we're not going to be able to come back. Um, but it ain't this week, baby. Giants <laughs> twenty. Seahawks 16, 7 and 1 wow. going to the bottom. Let's go. Wow. Pull the swerve on them there. Yeah, and listen, I, I have a lot of respect for the Seahawks. I do. I think they are a pretty good team. Geno Smith is definitely exceeding my expectations. Never thought he'd do this. They got a really good young running back. I don't hate the way we match up with this team. I know everybody's scared of the running back, and, and, and our run defense has not been good. I do worry about the travel. I do worry about being on the road, but this Giants team has proven they're tough all year. So, Normally, the, the Seattle environment would scare me a lot more than with this team. This team's been – every time I doubt this team, you know, whether it be due to injuries, going to London, traveling on short rest back from London and playing Baltimore, um, they come prepared. They come ready to fight. So that Seattle home field advantage would normally bother me a lot more than it does with this team. Um, and, and when you look at that team, Seattle, their run defense is pathetic. They're 30th in the league. What do the Giants look to do? They look to pound the rock. So, to me, I think Daniel Jones is going to have success with his legs. I think Saquon Barkley is going to have success with his legs. And the way this Giants team is winning football games, it's not a magic formula. Control the clock, win the time of possession. And I don't see how Seattle's defense is going to stop that. And, and I recognize we have some injuries. Bellinger's out. The offensive line's banged up. But I think we're going to be able to get the job done. I think we're going to control the time of possession. We'll have our struggles on defense. But even last week when we gave up a ton of yards, we held strong in the red zone. I think we, they were 1-5 of five in the red zone. So, I think we're going to find a way to win this game. I really do. And I, I, I'm like scared that I'm starting to get more confident than I've been in the, early in the year because I start to see other people now, like Bad Dog saying they're a bit worried. I see people on Twitter. And I'm not saying I'm, we could lose, definitely could lose, but I like us. I think we're going to win. I, I got the Giants 24 17, Giants by a touchdown. All right. Oh, by the way, that was, was the thing about this, though. I said we'd beat Baltimore, what, 24 21? Was that what it was? And we went, we won 24 20. Last week I had us winning 24 to 17. We won 23 to 17. I've been pretty close. So let's maybe we win 21 16 instead of 20 to 16 this time, but we're winning this game. Let's go. All right. So I guess it's my turn, huh? Let's finish it off. All right. Well, last week I picked the Giants, even though I had said that by picking against them, they were winning. So I, I threw caution to the win and it worked out it, by one yard. By one yard, which was a close shave. That being said, I'm not as <laughs> close concerned shave. about <laughs> close shave. If I would have shaved, we would have lost. I know, seriously. Um, I'm not as concerned about the travel because 
of of how I know they're they're doing the trip and whatnot. So that doesn't bother me as much. Um, I think this is going to be a lot closer. I know some of you know Chris. You picked them by a touchdown, dog. You 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 picked Four them points. by. A, yeah. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, what the heck? I said I wouldn't pick the pick against the Giants until you know for the rest of the the games before the bye. Giants twenty six, uh, Hawks twenty three. Let's go. I like I'll it. Take it. I'll take it. Win to win. And, and if they lose, you can blame me. Just be nice. <laughs> I think we got a good shot, though. I really do. I, I, I'm. I think I'm going to go 60 percent chance we win this game. I all feel, right. Well, we'll see. Fingers crossed, in. right? So we'll see. And uh, all right, so guys, I will see you. I uh, will try to see you at halftime. I'll bring the uh, the shades. Yeah, if you can, if you can't, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if I get my story filed in time, I will. I mean, because I've got I've got halftime duty, and then afterwards, another writer takes over. But definitely going to try. And bring my shades with me so I can pop on with you. But you anyway, thank you as always, everybody, for joining us here on Locked on Giants Live. We had a great time tonight. We got a lot, we covered a lot of ground. Always fun talking with Tana and Dog. And of course, taking your questions. If you asked a question, we didn't get to it. You know what I'm gonna do, the- by the way, Patricia? I'm gonna get 10 index cards for the show next week. And every time you use dog, I'm going to grade you on one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're to get the right dog down before, you know, within the next couple All of All right, weeks. that works. We can have everybody else, and those who participate in the chat, they can put a number we're gonna down get, We're going to grade that you works. one to ten every time you do the dowel. Okay. We'll, see. we'll get you there. We'll get you there. All right. I can, I, I can deal with that. I Listen, I can take criticism like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back next week with all new shows. I'm sure david turner will be with me for one show and i've got interviews planned twitter tuesday's plan if you didn't get your question answered today pop it in a tweet to me put it in the comments i'll try and get to them uh we got giants country mailbag on saturday you can also email it to me info's in the show notes so everybody have a great night dog tana thank you so much we'll talk to you next week thank you sounds good let's go giants all right let's go big blue all right